Hello, welcome to Philosophy, Science, and Religion. Today's podcast is the audio extracted from a Google Hangout on June 28, 2017. Originally, it was going to be a debate between Poffo and Peter over veganism, but instead we just talked and Poffo also introduced me to his friend Nicole, who joined us briefly on the Hangout. So overall, it's a good talk about veganism and pantheism, and it's a little bit less than three hours long, so if you like to listen to his talk, then this is good for you to listen to. Anyway, I'll play the audio now. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. It's Chandler Klebs here, and I'm with my good friend, Pafa Ortiz, and we may soon be joined by Peter Moriarty. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, Poffo and Peter have been longtime friends, and they all both have their pantheist uh, pantheist movements, but they disagree on the veganism. So, hopefully, we can hash some of that out today, um, maybe. But um, now, Poffo, you had something you wanted to read. I'm still trying to get a hold of him. Yeah. Okay. So his earlier comment. And this is let's just like make this a conversation between me and you for a minute, Chandler. Think okay. about that for a minute. He <clears throat> he sent me a um a quote just out of the blue. I just thought it was really telling because it it sort of designates his position, his stance on things. And the last um, instant message conversation we had, <laughs> the last private message conversation we had on Facebook, really his position for a long time, but this last conversation is just a perfect representation of it. So he sent me this quote. <clears throat> it says, We depend upon other creatures and survive by their deaths. To live, we must daily break the body and shed the blood of creation. When we do this knowingly, lovingly, skillfully, reverently, it is a sacrament. When we do it ignorantly, greedily, clumsily, destructively, it is a desecration. In such desecration, we condemn ourselves to spiritual and moral loneliness and others to want. That's by Wendell Berry. And I read it, and I, and I thought about it, and I said, what a bunch of bullshit. That was my response. I literally said, what a bunch of bullshit. And he goes, not my words, just a quote I thought I'd share. And I said, well, he was wrong on that count. I said, maybe that was true in ages past, but it holds no relevance or meaning today. Then we get into this thing where he goes, well, I tend to agree with you with that, but he was using a play on words. He was trying to say that that you can't lovingly and, and respectfully and whatever, you know, kill, but but you we should be able to. And if we were able to, then it would be acceptable. So what I said was, what you're advocating for is a romanticized version of reality in order to justify slavery, oppression, and death. And you know what I'm talking about. Um, he, he says, in a modern setting, doing so lovingly, knowingly, and with reverence is pretty much impossible because he's against factory farms, but he's not against killing and eating animals. And then, so I said, um, I said, how do you lovingly slaughter an innocent who doesn't want to die? And we, we went back and forth a little bit, um, and he's just saying that 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 animals aren't killed reverently, and that's what the real problem is. So we're we're, we're it's this position of humanely raised, humanely slaughtered. Um, and then it went on and he goes, I, I said, uh, 
I said, is that, is that really your stance, Peter? Do you really, really believe this? I said, sincerely. I said, you have no vision whatsoever of first world countries transitioning to 100% plant-based diets, that in first world countries we can do this, that it's, it's completely feasible, that it's, that it's practical and it's necessary at this point in order to save the environment and, and, and our health and our ethical and moral evolution as a species. Um, he says, I'm not sure how any any vision of mine would matter. I promote SCOSH. That's his acronym for, what is it? Um, sustainable, compassionate, organic, safe, and healthy. I think those are the words. Um, he says, it's not about first world or second world or third world. He goes, that's permanent for all time. Like his model of SCOSH uh, as his dietary plan of, of SCOSH. Um, he goes, that's my vision. I said, if skosh includes slaughtering animals, then your answer is obviously no. And he goes, what is best for all times and places? Uh, does it include slaughtering animals? Is that one of the S's? Not in my version. What is compassion? I leave that to others to decide for themselves. I was like, so that's moral relativism, basically. You're not taking a stance. You're saying let everybody decide what's right and wrong on their own. He goes, what, what makes me the final authority on compassion? Nothing. He goes, it's okay if that's what you choose. I said, it's not that complicated, Peter. You're playing word games here. He goes, but you see, that's where you don't get it. He goes, my definition. And I said, you know something? This is actually starting to piss me off. I said, I've given you the opportunity to prove me wrong. Um, I've been open to your perspective this entire time, and you've done nothing but convince me otherwise. He goes, in my version, I eat, in my version, I eat some dairy, eggs, etc., because that sits fine with me. <clears throat> he says that sits that sits fine with my conscience. He goes if I choose to con if you choose to condemn me for my personal choices, there we go again, personal choices, <laughs> right? If you choose to condemn me for my personal choices which need not affect you, that's your choice not mine. And I said your personal choices are not your choices not just about you when they're when you're imposing your will upon another sentient being I said they affect others Peter that's the point others whom I care about who's obviously the animals yeah. he goes you just don't get that that notions of moral superiority are delusions and dangerous ones I said moral superiority I said you know what I said you're a spineless wimp. I was like, from where I'm standing, you're a, you're a moral relativist and you're 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 a wimp. You stand for nothing. I, I I've had so much respect for you all this time, but I'm starting to realize you actually don't stand for anything. He goes, um, but have at it. Just don't endanger me or my loved ones. Something something. I said I'm calling you out on it. I was like, do you actually? I said, what do you actually stand for, Peter? What do you, what do you stand for? And uh, he got. A, butt hurt because I called him a wimp, a spineless wimp. You know, I'm just saying yeah, that yeah, yeah, you have know, moral relativism. I, yeah. You know? I just gotta say, Poffo, yeah, I mean yeah. you know I agree with you because see this this moral relativism, this oh that's your personal choice, but don't condemn me for my personal choice. This language of personal choice, I absolutely hate it. Anybody who knows me knows this because I feel that it's it's a dodge. It's a it's a very cheap, um, cowardly way to get out of a real discussion of what is what is sustainable, what is compassionate, what is healthy, and we already have the facts, Poffo. And well, what I want to say, what I want to say is, I don't know if it's a dodge. I think they literally believe this that it's that it because they're not thinking about the animals; they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about their lifestyles, their choices, their decisions. 
their sacrifices. That's all they're thinking about. It's because they're not witnessing the horror and the and the abuse and the cruelty and 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 they're not making the connection of how unnecessary it is. So I think they're literally saying what 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 is true to them is that this is just my why why be involved with my eating habits? You know, worry about yourself. Don't worry about me. This has nothing to do with you. And they don't realize it has to do with the entire planet, with the environment, with the health, with the medical system. It has to do with what they're putting in their kids' bodies. It has to do with with uh, human evolution and our 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 uh, the pr the progress we make as a species in terms of our our ethical and moral revolution revolution uh, evolution. Yeah. Um, Anyway, real quick, let me just finish this, this conversation so you can bring you up to speed on this. So he says, are you this naive? He, he says to me, uh, unable to understand basics. I said, Peter, I generally have great respect for you. The more I think your wishy-washy position is just sad. Um, he goes, is there really this thick of a mask over your eyes that you do not see what I stand for with every word that emerges from my fingers and mouth? I think you know exactly what I stand for. I was like, well, I was like, I thought I knew. I really did. I don't anymore. He goes, it's just not radical enough for your messianic tendencies. This is talking about me He's saying your messianic ten tendencies. And I was like, I was like, he, you know, hold I was on, like, I, I, I just realized I should yeah. probably be wearing my headphones just to make sure we don't get echo. Oh, sure. Sure. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Continue. So this, is, this is the part I want to read. He goes, you are a fanatic, Poffo. I am not. He goes, but that's okay. Um, but you're just you're just going to hurt yourself. Mostly, I wish you less suffering. He wishes me less suffering. Um, uh, but I can't. But I can't stop you from. Wait. But I can't stop you from seeing yourself as some kind of martyr. I was like, that's interesting because he's the one that originally had the martyrdom complex. He's the prophet of bio, biotheism. He's the prophet of biosophy. He's he would will he'd give up everything. We were just talking about in the last podcast that it shouldn't be all about sacrifice, right? That that there should be yeah. more of an idea of sustainability. He says, I'm a prophet, not a I'm not a martyr. Not a martyr. I was like, well, I'm glad you changed your tune. Um, you used to have a very strong um, Christian martyr martyrdom syndrome. Um, and I think I mentioned somewhere that he's filled with pride. You know, I said, uh, yeah, I said, what hurts me is highly educated people like you who are actually the epitome of foolish because you, you're so smart, you're so educated, you think you know everything, so you're not open to any kind of new and emergent information. I said, you're filled with pride. And he says, um, filled with pride, he goes, because I refuse to be ashamed to eat eggs with honey or to eat eggs and honey. <laughs> this is what he says. I'm filled with pride because I refuse to be ashamed to eat eggs and honey. Um, he goes, you can't, you can't realize how disproportionate your indignation is. Hi, hi, hyperbole, hyperbole, all of it. Am I saying it right? Yeah, hyper, hyperbole, hyperbole. <laughs> um, uh, I, re I refuse to be ashamed or guilt tripped about meat. And somehow that makes me your enemy. See how he's got it all mixed up? He goes, I'm not going around making enemies of my fellow humans, including you. I'm not disparaging your identity. You are trying to hurt my feelings, and you can't. And that's the problem. I was like, 
I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Like, what are you, yeah, what are you yeah. About? When, yeah, when were you ever trying to hurt his feelings? And because you're not I called, because I said he was spineless. I said he was spineless about his position. Um, and he and he goes, you need to look at your own true motivations, and it's more about how people see you than it is the animals. Of course, you will disagree, and that's apparent. And I was like, you are so wrong, Peter. I was like, I've never tried to intentionally hurt your feelings. I was like, that's just fucking stupid. Um, and and you're wrong about me and my intentions. Um, but I'm not going to do this through a goddamn PM. If you, I was upset at this point, so I'm, I, I was using a lot of profanity. I said, uh, if you want to hash this out, let's do it through a video call. He goes, I'm not mad at you. I know you have good intentions. I was like, well, thank you, but I really want to clear this up. Um, he goes, that's why I continue to try to work with you and not against you. Well, I'm not trying to work against him either. I've been trying to work with him the whole time too. I go, Peter, I want it, I want you to show me if you're right and I'm wrong about this. I need you. I need, you know, I'm open to that. I'm totally open that if the idea of permaculture and I don't even know how to explain it, but his, the idea of the collective is more important than the individual animals or that, or that, that my position is too extreme, but that the, the veganism itself is an extremist position as, as he states all the time, or that I'm a fanatic. I mean, he just called me a fanatic. Um, uh, also he goes, I know you are a good person. Uh, and I said, are you listening to me? I was like, I, you've just made your case as clear as you've ever made it. I understand your position. Now let's hash it out. He goes, it's not about what's right or wrong for me. That's very old school. And that's why I oppose indoctrination. I am beyond good and evil. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, he said, right and wrong. I was like, he, I said, seriously, I, I want to hash this out. He goes, call that moral relativism, but it's not. It's the only absolute that makes sense to me. I was like, the positions that we just expressed in this series of messages, perfect. Now we just need a moderator. I was like, don't say anything else. It's just going to distract from the real issue, please. I was like, I'm going to set up a Google Hangout. Will you join me? And now let me read his responses. Um, I don't believe that's something anyone can achieve. Uh, who's to judge, Chandler? That's like asking you to let son. Anyway, I think for you, for you, veganism is right. I applaud your choice. Okay, so I, this is what I was afraid of, is that he thinks that you might be biased, and this is very important. We need to communicate to him. We need to communicate to him that you are not here uh, to, to judge who's right and who's wrong in the situation. You're literally just a neutral voice that's sort of helping with the discussion. That's, that's right. all like you don't have to interject anything. I just want you to sort of observe and witness the conversation, the dialogue, because I need to get it flushed out and clear what he stands for and what he believes in when it comes to the preservation of life, when it comes to, right love and respect for nature and for plants and animals for the earth because I see veganism as the only logical solution if you're an environmentalist, if you talk about permaculture, if you care about sustainability, if you care about yeah. human health, if you care about the survival of our species. Um, yeah. But he doesn't see, that, see things that way and I'm trying to understand his perspective. He thinks that's an extremist position and we should not be imposing or, or, or have the superiority complex. He, he thinks that veganism is all about being sanctimonious. He thinks it's all about imposing and dictating what others should put into their bodies. And it's not. It's a, so somewhere there's a meme that says, I'm not telling you what 
what you can eat and not eat. I'm telling you who I defend. I'm ta I'm talking about who I who I'm standing up for. It's 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 for the injustices that are occurring. No one is thinking about the animals. Why are we having a discussion about yeah. thoughts and feelings and who's butt hurt and who's getting offended? Yeah. We're not talking right. about that. We're talking about yeah. unnecessary abuse and cruelty. Yeah. That can be completely done away with, at least in first world countries at this point in time. And yet we're talking about all this pseudo-intellectual psychological bullshit that means nothing yeah. when animals are, are having their, their teeth ground up and their claws you know, cut off and castrated without yeah. anesthesia and pet patches of skin you know, sliced off uh, the sheep yeah. you know, before they're yeah. shooting their tails yeah. cut off yeah. and, and, and yeah. imprisoned and exploited and, and oppressed and enslaved and sexually violated for us okay, to enjoy – their flesh and their and their products. That's what we're talking about. So yeah. why are we talking about anything else? Because yeah. everything else that we talk about is just a distraction, and it, it's indicative of a person who's not watching the videos, not looking at the reality of what's taking place. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, is it's absolutely. All yeah, basically, Papa, what you're saying here is those animals who are being tortured constantly, they don't care about the psychological bullshit. They don't care. They don't care about people's definition of morality and and you know of their personal choices. They don't care about any of that. They don't even know that stuff. All they know is they're suffering, and we can stop it. But unfortunately, we have to battle with these other humans, and it's very disappointing. But yeah, I mean, if we can get Peter on, so basically, am I just kind of like, you know, the peacekeeper, just kind of the uh, announcer kind of person? Sort of like, yeah, sort of like the, the neutral moderator, because since you are a vegan, since I am a vegan, since we're almost, we're 100% in agreement about things, yeah. you, you can't really interject because he's going to take it as one-sided, as a conflict of interest here, so you can't really play the... Um, the, the neutral referee role, but that's what I want you to do because this we got it. We got to hash this out, man. Like like we both feel so passionately about this. Right, um, absolutely. And 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 second of all, there's nothing I need to say because everything that I would say, you're gonna say anyway. You're good at talking, Papa. <laughs> trying to convince him. Okay, I might I might want to use the restroom while you're still trying to get a hold sure. of him. Yeah, go for it.
have you have you have you sent him an invite yet? Yeah, I I messaged him with saying the link. He looks like he's saying that he looks like crap and he doesn't feel well and he's he's making excuses. He always makes excuses. I've been trying to do this. How long have I been trying to do this? I've been trying to do this since Thanksgiving. <laughs> Was it That's last year? Yeah, you're right. We had our Thanksgiving battle of the bio pants, but you you've been trying to get him on uh, repeatedly, and for some reason he will just argue with you over a few messages on Facebook, but not not, not a few, not a few hundreds. We've we've gone through hundreds and hundreds of private yeah. messages and um and debates and 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 discussions in these ex extremely long, like like um elaborate threads on his page uh, that end up just consuming us and we go all day all day and I'm, I'm literally just trying to get him um, wanting to have a real podcast for a month and you yeah well um, it's well, well, excuses, but I'm he goes, how many times have I asked you to schedule something? I've been wanting to have a real podcast for a month, and you give me no heads up when you're ready. You want too much from me. Expect too much. I'm only human. He's <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, like, yeah, well, he, look, what he's got to understand <laughs> is the, sometimes these things are the sperm the moment, you know, because it turns out, like, I'm available tonight. I wouldn't even be ordinarily available. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. we don't. Yeah, we don't mean to like throw this together last minute. You know, I, I mean, I hope he can join. I mean, but if he if he has if he has something else where he really can't do it tonight, you and I will have a good talk regardless. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, we always do. It's always productive. It's just. Yeah. I gotta ask myself a question. Why do I? Why do I care so much? Why do I? Why do I give a damn? Why? Why is this guy so important? You know when um I, I I don't know like he just he represents something you know I mean he I, I wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for him and I've said this many many times that um you know he 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 is is the one who 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 influenced me um to create Biopan and and it was originally us working together and me supporting his philosophy, his codification of pantheism. Well, well, you know, here's, here's the thing, Poffo, is when you know someone, when, you're, when you've been friends with someone, you see the good in them and you see the bad as well. And you wish for, to bring out the good. And, like, you know, here's the deal. Many people, from a human perspective, are nice people. If you consider only human life, yeah, they treat other humans pretty nicely. But they're missing these other animals like they're not, not seeing the connection realizing that they're supporting the rape and enslavement and murder of those animals and i and i realize they don't know better and see like you know the people i work with that are my friends i care about them greatly you know what i mean i know these people i hang out with them and stuff and i want them to 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 see it and it's like i um I use every opportunity I have to educate them on veganism, but at the same time, I'm terrified being that I'm going to get combated by a group of people at once. You know, because I know how people are hostile to this idea. You're, you're, talking, you're talking about in life. I, I'm sorry, because I was typing. You're talking about in life, though, like like having people actually yeah. um, criticize you and gang up on you. 
Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just afraid of that you know, um, it now it hasn't really happened yet, but that's because right now they've never so far they haven't really asked me my reasons for it. You know what I mean? They just think that I'm vegan for health reasons. They, they think. Yeah, it's we, just we talked about that last time. I really right. think you, um, you should just speak your mind, man, because you, yeah. you know how to speak your mind. You're, you're actually a yeah. good speaker and. Um, if it's just the kind of the social anxiety part of it, I can understand yeah. that. Um, yeah, it, yeah, that's the thing is you understand that I've never been one to speak as plainly as I do with you and the other guys in the podcast. I've never done that in public with people. I can speak into a camera and I can speak with people who are already on the same page because I know there's not going to be you know them combating me. You know, so you're, but, you're actually you're actually afraid of conflict. Do you have a, um, yeah, an, an yeah. anxiety about conflict? Yeah. Chandler, what, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, if we're not talking about someone right. physically threatening you and right. someone getting in your face, someone who's hostile, if we're just talking about these are just words, man. Like, yeah. like literally, words can only hurt you if you allow them to. And yeah, well, here's what I'm know, afraid of. Okay, let me any physical danger. Yeah. Right. Let me explain what I'm afraid of, Poffo. You know, okay, I'm a very sensitive guy, okay? And you may not see this, um, but I, when, if I'm pushed too far, I can get, I can get emotional, I can, I can get combative, and I can say emotional, crazy things. And then you know what, if that happens, you know what will happen then? People look, oh, look at that vegan, he's crazy, I don't want to be like him. So I'm afraid that I will give veganism a bad name if I get emotional, yeah. which will happen if somebody pushes my buttons, and and when I you had, say, yeah, I mean everybody pushes my buttons, but I I push right back. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but like when you say emotional, I mean, do you mean that you might like yell and 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 get, get yeah. upset, or do you mean like like break down and cry? Like what are we talking about here? Um. Probably both. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would probably say, yeah, it, it would not, it would not reflect well on the cause. Right. Start crying. Um, I would, and I would say likewise on the other end of the spectrum, it wouldn't reflect well to get really angry and, yeah, you know, enraged. But um, at the same time, I mean, this is what I feel constantly. I feel anger and yeah. rage and hatred. While at the exact same time, I feel an enormous swell of sympathy and empathy and love and compassion. Like that's literally who yeah. I am. I am filled yeah. with like this at all times. I am, uh, you know, the dichotomy of, of, of love and hate. Yeah. Uh, I hate the actions of other human beings. Um, I love the earth and I love all animals and I love life. And, you know, it's that that's yeah. that's what we wrestle with and just and yeah. just trying to um find uh balance and equilibrium and, and yeah. Um, reflect yeah, and what's what's most effective to yeah. to help our cause and see here's the thing about it patho is you know now it should not be this way because people should be willing to listen to people regardless of whether they raise their voice or whether they're breaking down crying you know they should listen to them just the same but i know how things work i know how people they look at the one who's unemotional who's rational or logical and they view them as right over the one who looks like they're all emotional right. and, and right. even though that's wrong i know people are that way so what i try to do is i try to keep my cool 
you know, I really try to just remain calm and not show my reactions. Um, but you know, it still hurts. It still, it still hurts when I have to well, hear I mean, that's, bullshit. Of course, uh, this is this is. I mean, this is what I just explained is that we feel, we constantly feel the pain of the world. We feel, yeah. we, 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 we feel heartbroken almost 24 seven. And at the same time, we're also motivated and inspired and, um, and, and motivated because of the urgency and, and because of the, of the violence and the cruelty that exists. Um, but it's, it's just about, it's about channeling that into, um, into altruistic, positive, um, you know, a positive response. So, I mean, we, we do that through our podcast. Um, you're yeah. saying that like in person, you might not have the same composure. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I guess we're, we're friends and, and it's yeah. not like you're dealing with a stranger, right? Yeah, yeah. And see, okay. here's what you understand, uh, Poffo, is I have always run away from conflict. When I found out I didn't yeah. believe one of yeah. that. I remember you said yeah. that one. Right. Yeah, and see, and like, for example, when I no longer believed in Christianity, I just ran. I just, I just quit going to church. You know, I stayed away from those people and because I did not want to have that discussion with them that, hey, you know, your religion's bullshit and then have them get sure. mad at me for pointing it out. And well, I mean, I, that makes yeah. sense though. That, that's not necessarily a, a, that you're a scaredy cat. I, I right. don't want to have anything to do with them either because we're worlds apart. We're literally like right. functioning on, a, on two totally different wavelengths, you know, right. Yeah, but I, but I guess I but I felt like a scaredy cat, you know, because of how terrified I am of conflict. You know what I mean? Plus, I don't really think that there was anything to gain by it. Um, and so I try, you know, I try to pick my pick my battles if I'm going to have them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and I do it through the internet uh, partly because um, of you know the fact that I'm talking with people who are for the most part they're they, they can be talked to they have experience talking with people who, who they disagree with like you know if you've heard trick and i like trick and i we've had our disagreements we've had our our fights and sometimes i've said some crazy stuff you know and and got mad at him on facebook but then i apologize later and he's like oh yeah it's cool you know because because trick knows you know me me too i mean same with yeah with trick as well I've, i have a great amount of respect for him because i i understand how he thinks he's yeah. completely left brain he's all logic and i uh, i can't argue with his logic he's like my vulcan he's my vulcan friend. yeah that he, yeah that he is yeah, um, and you know, I wanted to tell you. But also, he's always, but he's always respectful. Trick is always um respectful, and I understand his motivations, and that's why I'm 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 able to uh, disagree with him. Yeah. I'm able to disagree with him in a polite way, and I can I completely understand and respect his position. I mean, you know. Yeah. That's, that's that's what it really means to be a true philosopher. Yeah. And and to be able to engage in in civil discourse. That's what it means. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's mature in that way. Yeah. So it's actually gone pretty well when you consider the average person on the street, how they handle somebody who disagrees with them, you know. But what I wanted to say, you know, um, that talk I had with you and George Sunday in our podcast, you know, um, it really made me think. And, you know, I realized that that's what I was feeling as, as I was feeling like it's wrong for me to have any happiness. You know what, what? I mean? What are you talking yeah. about, man? 
Well, yeah, you know, like we were, you were talking about, you know, like um, about back in your Christian days, like you felt like you, you have to suffer. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the, the yeah. Martyrdom and, syndrome. Right. And that's what I'm realizing is, you know, I, I would feel bad about having any happiness because I know all those other animals at, who are just in constant torture. And I could not allow myself to enjoy anything good just because I'm so focused on that, you know? It's like and, survivor's but, guilt. It's like survivor's yeah, guilt. Yeah. So yeah but, then, but, then I, but then I realized something. I was thinking about it for the past few days, and I realized something. Me being miserable is not helping them. No matter me getting me George, getting all George made that point, remember? Yeah, he said that, you know, and it's true. I'm not helping anybody else by being upset. So, there's no need for me to be that way. I should be as happy as I can be. And yet, you know, that doesn't take away from my awareness of what's going on. Absolutely. Um, but of course, it's difficult. It's difficult to maintain, uh, you know, an amiable um, that 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 kind of le levity, you know, when we're exposed to so much horror and uh, and violence and, and cruelty. Um, I deal with it every day. I don't. I honestly don't know how I deal with it. I just one one sort of tactic I use is it's not very effective, but um, I I try to think this way. What animals suffer in the wild is also horrific and atrocious, and what they're used to having to overcome and deal with in their in their tenacious struggle for survival just with other predators, with other animals. Um, yeah. It's a constant struggle, and it's violent, and it's brutal, um, and animals are devouring each other, eating each other alive, ripping each other apart. So, and Trick would agree with this, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I, you they, know. They, they, I think of that, and I say, well, this is, they're, they're going through that out there. They're going through it with us, which makes it all the more tragic because they don't have to go through it with us, but right. we're just another animal, basically, you know, abusing, exploiting them. Um, I, I try to tell myself that, but it, it goes on for such a prolonged period. They're, right. they're really, it, it's difficult because it goes on for so much yeah. longer than than it would in the wild. In the wild, it's very quick, and yeah. and, you know, and, and animals die yeah. and they do everything very fast. We are, we're so methodical in our tortures yeah. and in our in our in the slave in the enslavement that we impose on them it's, yeah yeah it's and you know i had i had a conversation with gaius about that actually on a another hangout you know y yes there's you know there's all this ki this killing of animals by other animals out in the wild but it's nowhere near as prolonged over the span of months and even years and then the slow slow painful ways like the way they'll slit a slit a cow's throat and just have the blood drain while that animal is still conscious and in terrible pain like that's kosher but it's kosher yeah that's what god yeah. commands honestly i would rather be bitten in the neck by a hyena and killed quickly rather than that like you know what i mean Hyenas, like, are, hyenas are especially um, uh, brutal and primitive. I mean, they'll eat the genitals first, and they'll start to eat. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. They'll start to eat through the anus and the rectum to get to the soft parts of the intestine. So they'll actually go for the yeah. Yeah. the lower quarters yeah. first, which makes it horrible for animals. I think about snakes who yeah. will um, who will devour um, other reptiles, other snakes, other amphibians alive. Sometimes 
their their hindquarters first, and so or or animals that devour other animals whole. I'm trying to think of uh, who does this. Um, a pelican, perhaps, would, would devour a fish whole or, or whatever, and literally it's just digested slowly in the stomach, in the stomach acid. So, yeah, of course there's horror and, yeah. and violence in nature, but you can't call it, can't call it evil because they are doing what they are doing out of, out of necessity for survival. They're doing what they're doing based on instinct and they don't know any better and they don't have yeah. a choice. We do. We have the yeah. choice. That's the difference. We're not primitive animals. We're, we're highly evolved, sentient, sapient yeah. primates who, well, who can live on vegetation and, and a plant-based diet. Well, I, I, would, I would go a step further, Poff, and I would say if somebody wants to, they can call that evil. They can call what wild animals do to each other evil if they wish. But, yeah. but here's the difference. That may be a necessary evil because there's yeah. no way to stop that. But yeah. but humans doing what they do to those animals, that's an unnecessary evil, and we've proven it. The very fact that so many people have gone vegan shows that humans can do that. And if let's, we can do yeah. it, then we should. Let let's say um let's say it might be an evil an evil activity or an evil circumstance and the fact that it creates harm and suffering. What I meant was it's not evil on the part of the animal. It's not actually right. evil on the part of the, of the perpetrators or those involved because it's necessary for them and, and they actually don't have a moral capacity. Obviously the higher primates do, um, dolphins and whales, cetaceans and, and, uh, uh the great apes, you know, uh, primates do. We, we are, they have the first hints of showing, uh, moral capacity and, and, uh, an ethical, um, level of altruism. Um, but the other animals, they just, they don't even have that capacity yet. Their frontal, the frontal lobe, um, the neocortex is not developed in them. So you literally can't call it evil in terms of, um, in terms of their actions, the, 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 uh, the, the activity itself, you know, is, is a, is a necessary one, is a necessary evil for their own survival. But, you know, we've, we've extrapolated and we've made these, um, We've made these sort of predictions and these speculations that if humans could get their shit together, we could potentially end all violence and pain and suffering. I think we had a really in-depth conversation about that somewhere. I don't know if it was on a podcast or just a um, like a like a Facebook um, uh, thread, but talking about yeah. how we would intervene and actually uh, establish, you know, save some animals, keep animals from reproducing and breeding, allow them to live out their lives. Um, in the most pain-free way possible. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah, and, and I mean that's that's a good motivation too. Like that's kind of what Trick thinks. Like Trick thinks that like human race shouldn't die out immediately because we should stay around to help the other animals. Whereas I'm just less hopeful. I don't think humans are gonna get their shit together, so it's best for us to all go stink, extinct right now. <laughs> Taylor, if you have no hope, why do you do what you do? Why do you do any of this? Why do you even talk to me, man? If you have no hope. I'll tell Come you. I'll, I'll tell you why, Poffo. Just in case I'm wrong. Just in case I'm wrong. My, my, I have my predictions that we're all, we're all doomed. Okay. But just in case I am wrong, I want to make sure I've said what needs to be said. Just in case people change, even though I may not expect them to. because uh, I, because I'll tell you what, Poffo. I want to, I want to die with no regrets. Yeah, me too, and I already regret a lot, <laughs> and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm doing all that I can, and I still regret. Yeah.
I'm uh, I'm putting a, I'm making a post right now to see if anybody else wants to join us. Okay. Yeah, it's too bad that Peter's not joining us. He does this. He always does this, and he says he's not feeling well, and he's sick, and blah 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 blah. I mean, he actually did look kind of shitty last time I did like a FaceTime with him. It's it scared me. <laughs> I was I was calling him. And I was going to do a video chat. I wanted to talk about some stuff. Um, I was actually really, really stressed out because it was when Amber's parents were cooking the meat in the house and I left the house. And I was like, ugh, I felt nauseous. So I was trying to get a hold of him just, just out of all people, right? I'm going to talk to him about it. Oh, <laughs> and, he's not the good person yeah, to talk yeah. to. But no, no, but he was, he was totally understanding and he was totally um, – he was totally like, like, like sympathetic, and he actually sided with me. And he said, "Yeah, you have to lay down, you know, lay down the law and actually have a conversation with them, and but they have to respect your home and stuff." So, but point is, like, when he when he showed up on the on the Facetime, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> like he looked he looked really rough." I don't know, if he just woken up or or what, but he, he kind of had a very weathered look, and I really don't want this whole podcast. Right, just hang yeah. out to be me talking shit about Peter, but um, yeah, he might be yeah. going through some stuff, you know. I mean, we're all going through stuff, you know. Like, yeah, we, we um, all are. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously. I mean, if uh, if if some other people can join us, that's good too. Or if the two of us just have a good talk, that's important too, you know. I've been I've been trying to you know focus on some happy stuff and try to. Yeah, I know you were you were bummed out for a while there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just uploaded some videos of me trying to sing. <laughs> that should be fun. <laughs> oh boy, you, yeah, man, you, you, uh, I, I have to come up with a new name for what it is when you, when a person has is completely um is completely uh, lacking in any any level of self consciousness. It's called autism. I think it's called autism. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, there's got to be a word. Like, like the, you know, no fucks given. You just, you don't care, man. Like, on that last podcast, you were talking about your horse, your ponies and stuff. I'm just, I'm always like, oh man, you're you're gonna love, you're gonna love one of the recent videos I just uploaded because I'm singing while yeah. I show my horses. So yeah, um, I guess the fact, that, I guess the fact that you're asexual, that you're asexual, that's yeah. a big part of it because you have yeah. no insecurities about appearing to, to be gay or feminine you, you, right. you don't you're not gay and you're not straight you're just like yeah, yeah. a so, unicorn trapped in a man's body <laughs> yeah 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 exactly i am a unicorn trapped in a man's body okay and f okay so first of all now we've established i'm not trying to get laid so i'm not worried about impressing the ladies okay although mm -hmm. i probably do because i like unicorns and a lot of girls like unicorns Okay. Oh, 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 speaking of which, okay, my, my, my friend Lucas, okay, his mom is into unicorns. Her whole house is unicorns. She's got unicorns everywhere. Really? And, I'm, and I go you in there. You saw it? Like you're yeah. having, huh? Yeah. I, I, so, I, so I go over there sometimes to play video games with Lucas, and I'm like, whoa, unicorn heaven. Like, whoa, man, this, it's like a museum to me. You know? <laughs> hey, check it out. Uh, an old friend of mine, Nicole, it wants to join in the chat. But she's saying the link that I've provided isn't working. Um, That's strange. What would it be that I, I just copied and pasted what was in the um, the browser up top? Um, so where oh, the, the, the the correct link would be? It's, um, now it's the one that I sent you in the Facebook message. Um, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, I'm going to change that real quick and see if we can get her on. This girl puts up a fight and really has um, an incredible amount of education and knowledge um, in terms of health, um, environment, every aspect of veganism. Um, oh, cool. And, she, and she, she'll write novels like in response when I call on her to, to Peter or on the big pan page, she'll literally write. I don't think anybody reads her stuff because she's is frankly, it's like overwhelming probably to them, but, uh, but she's a great, um, yeah, she's, she's a great activist and, and a pantheist and a vegan. Yeah. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, and and this whole pantheist vegan thing, like I'm seeing the connection, you know, but it's hard. It would be hard. I hope so. Yeah. By now. <laughs> yeah. See, here's the deal. It's it's hard for me if I was to explain to somebody else, though. You know what I mean? Because if I if I talk if I you know I don't talk about pantheism with people in general because if they look if they Google pantheism, they're gonna find weird shit out there that has nothing to do with what but we're talking about. But if they Google about. Biopan, if they Google biopantheism, they're going to find everything I have in environmental ethics and right. uh, care and concern for the earth and uh, social justice and, um, you know, uh, the the intersectionality aspects of it. And also, obviously, my my in my comprehensive ontology, the, the cosmological perspective, you know, everything based on science. Um, it's much more than just vague, undefined, um, nebulous pantheism as it exists in the world today because it really doesn't exist. Right. So um, Biopan is going to be the, the first codified, formalized, official um, form of pantheism that actually, uh, you know, takes action and actually involves um, animal rights and uh, environmentalism and, and deep ecology and, and, and a, real, a real significant... Um, a spiritual practice that's that's not just left up to interpretation. Obviously, it's, yeah. it's 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 personal to you and however you experience it. But um, there is something okay. that we are presenting here, and it's, yeah. it's that nature itself is divine. And, yeah, and see, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, because you know how I get it is you know you know this this understanding that we're all just part of nature, we're all part of this one universe, it means we're all in this shit together. It means we need to treat others like ourselves. We need to follow the golden rule. That applies to the other animals as well as the humans. And, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. And I just wish that there was more of this kind of thing. Unfortunately, general pantheism tends to be just like this weird philosophical belief that God and the universe are synonymous, which I have no use for that personally. I don't even care about that anymore. Um, but how about, whatever, how about saying, how about saying what God really is instead of this idea that God and the universe, because we already have a preconceived idea of what God is. Let's just say um, we know there is no transcendent, uh, personal anthropomorphic God, right. but what we do know exists that is all powerful, um, literally everywhere at once, and is a is a is a tangible, um, you know, uh, autonomous, um, self-sustaining living system is is the natural world, and that's that's incredible. That that is what we, you know, and and when you teach science and biology and cosmology and astronomy and quantum physics and um, anthropology and psychology then you, hey, you learn I all these we, things i think we got somebody hey. here hi is this nicole, nicole you were okay yeah yep. hi nicole 
finally worked. We got we got you on. Yeah. Can you, yeah. Can you hear us? Can you hear Say us? Say something. Nicole? Let us know you're alive. Yeah, I just see you a might, picture. I just see a picture, but I yeah, I don't I don't see or hear her. Maybe her maybe her um bandwidth is too um hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um yeah, I don't know if she can hear us because I can't hear her yet. I just see a picture. Maybe we can message her and tell her to uh, to refresh it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, but like you know, Poffo, um, people's view of God needs to change. I mean, because I mean, in my case, it's like I'm you know I'm just an atheist. So that's enough for me. But mm -hmm. what one thing is for certain. They cannot continue believing in the Christian, Jewish, Muslim concept of God because that God gave people permission to kill animals and eat Let's them. say the people who wrote about that God were right. writing from his perspective, which was really their perspective, right. which is really yeah. a, bron right. a bron with an archaic Bronze Age right. mentality. That's yeah. what, right. what yeah, really to, going yeah, on there. Yeah, to be, yeah, but to be correct. But the point is the God they believe in they believe in a God that commanded animal sacrifices and commanded to eat certain animals and not others. You know, they, they literally believe, believe God wants them to be a carnist. So instead, you're, you're, you're having to oppose all that by telling them, no, God wants you to be vegan. The universe needs you to be vegan. <laughs> Strangely, I've not, I've not really encountered too much of the whole um, – you know, it's okay to eat meat because God said so, blah, blah, blah. I haven't encountered too, too much of that, yeah. but I'm also living in Portland, Oregon. So, well, I, I know, I know what a religious, I, yeah. religious uh, city there is. Yeah, well, I, I know someone. I know a former <laughs> vegan who quit veganism because God gave people permission to eat meat. So, yeah, I don't veganism, know, man. He was vegan and then went. Yeah, he was a vegan, but then, you know, he got ultra-religious, and then uh, he's he not vegan. vegan. He was vegan for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Are you there? Are you there, Nicole? Say something. Yes, my internet connection, I had to change routers. Ah, yeah, that's, uh -oh. that's better. Cool. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's great to actually hear you talk and see you. Um, yeah, we've been yeah. friends for a long, long time, but we've never actually, uh, we've never actually you know, spoken and engaged face to face or whatever. As, yeah. As, as much as we can with the internet. Yeah. This is Chandler. This is Chandler Klebs. I don't know if you've ever watched or listened to podcasts that we've done. Um, my good friend Chandler. He's the he's the co-host of um, the Philosophy, Science, and Religion podcast yeah. and the uh, Impersonal and, Opinion podcast and a few other. Yeah, and we also established that I'm a unicorn trapped in a man's body. <laughs> <laughs> He's the, gay, the gayest non-homosexual I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was just awesome, Papa. Yeah, like, uh, like, like uh, he, he's a, he's a kind of a computer tech nerd. Um, he's not ashamed to say that he's mildly autistic. I don't think he's autistic. I think he's just really smart. Um, <laughs> well, to but, me, uh, to me, they're synonymous. <laughs> all right, there you go. So, okay, so what I hear from Peter? Go ahead. I'm not sure what you. You were discussing prior to my joining, but I did hear the tail end of your uh, mentioning uh, the the sort of indoctrination that people are under yeah. uh, with regard to you know the the latter portion of like I would say the the Old Testament where it kind of overwrote the initial uh, precepts as specified in in the Book of Genesis. 
Um, so there's always been a bit of debate about that. But I tend to look upon rather than um, the words in that text is more about your physiological form. And that I would think is far more the given as far as natural law and creation. If you're going to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Biology. Or, you know, biology. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I would say, you know, one good argument, at least that I've had um, in the face of that is the idea of, um, you know, false gods, you know, when they talk about idolatry, um, I would say that idolatry is is looking at the book as right. as the the principal truth rather than your own heart, because sure, like holding really it up to this idolatry standard, yeah. Really study the truth, you know. the The main, I would say, crux of most of the Abrahamic religions, you know, talking about the oneness of all that is. Like, if you're going to look from a monotheistic perspective and acknowledge that all living beings that are a part of this planet are coming from the one, um, you know, and you're kind of more aligned with your heart wisdom, uh, you know, and that's where they talk about the true kingdom is, right? It's in the kingdom of the heart. So, so that's kind of the fulcrum of where my position would be an answer to that. Yeah, I would say, because I would say that's your a, heart a new age you interpretation. You see the horrors that happen to the animals mm -hmm. and you feel that, 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 that feeling in your heart of just total disgust or dismay or sorrow or whatever that is, that's the kingdom speaking directly through your heart. That's where your connection is to the, yeah. to the one. And that is kind of where we kind of need to. I would say, yeah, I would say that is the, I would say that is the divine speaking through us. It's a representation of our highest ideals. It's it's a it's 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 a reflection of of our of our highest standards of the great of the things that make us human really of our own humanity. Um, and that's the living truth, right? You know, you can look at some old archaic text from the tongue of of people from thousands of years ago to dictate mm -hmm. the truth, or you can listen to your heart wisdom. You know, and, and which one right. I think has more merit. You know, and and morality and ethics should be an emergent living. Um, you know, um, evolving thing that, that, that like is not something that's set in stone. Like the 10 commandments are literally written in stone, but it should actually be something that, that changes and shifts and, and becomes more and more, um, uh, I would say acutely aware of the interconnectedness of all things and, and much more, uh, tolerant and accepting and, and in terms of cooperation with other life forms, because originally, you know, back in the day, nature was, nature was our enemy nature was against us like we were continuously struggling for survival and and it was difficult to um to have this kind of mentality even though that many the druids and the pagans they they did um native americans as well but now it's like since the advancements the technologies that we have the our ability to manipulate our environments and stuff nature is no longer our enemy like we could coexist and we could learn to live in, in a symbiotic way instead of um constantly being fearful of it and fighting against it so that but that that ancient sort of um, programming is kind of still there that that there is that separation and obviously uh, Nicole is a pantheist uh, Chandler and you can hear how she speaks and um and she's made that same connection I believe it was your was it your pantheism that led to your veganism or was it the other way around 
I think you, you were just Absolutely. like me, right? So was I was your... uh, involved in pantheism as soon as I found out about it. Basically, I was 19 when I was going to college, and I was studying philosophy, and I found the works of Spinoza to be far more resonant with the kinds of things that I was already thinking about. Um, so I ended up becoming involved in the uh, the um, WPM, which is Paul Harrison's pantheist groups, in the Yahoo forums. This was long yeah. before... Even MySpace named Supreme. Yeah, yeah, like that one. Right. So I was engaged in forums there, contemplating the nature of the one as I saw it in those uh, the World Pantheist forums. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment of uh, what you would call zazen type of uh, where I transcended time, and I saw all that lives on the planet with a face as my own face throughout all time. Wow. It was very, it was Chandler, very you talked about this. You, thought you had the same experience, right? What? Remember the, the ants? I did that. I felt, I, felt, I felt the collective suffering in the planet. I saw how everything was interconnected, yeah. and I immediately fasted and stopped eating. At the time, I had already just made the decision to not eat cows, but I was still eating, and mammals, but I was still eating birds and and fish and seafood and um right. after that i i stopped it all cold turkey because i saw that i needed to help hold the balance for the planet it's fascinating uh, and be of service so we need yeah. to have you I, I need to have you you're my next guest on the on sacred places because i've been waiting for another pantheist to describe their pantheist experience and and now um because we found this uh this homogeny with with veganism um and the overlap and the interplay that's there it's it's brilliant it's perfect you want to say something, Chandler? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting, like this experience you had, because um, it, it's now it's a little bit hard to understand. But like, you know, like I I told Papa before, like you know, I'm I'm able to I'm I'm I mean I'm so deeply connected with everything, and I I'm a determinist. I see that everything all affects each other. So it's really it's impossible to see yourself as an individual and consider your own desires and weigh them against the welfare of everybody else because you are them. We are the planet. We are the universe. We are, we are the animals, you know, it's like, so I can't, I just don't have the same mindset that most people do in regards to that. Yeah. You, um, you, uh, yeah, those barriers have been broken down with you and, and you, I think you're also very empathetic. You're, um, you're an empath, you know, you, you feel the suffering and the pain of others. You're, you're acutely aware when it comes to the suffering of other life forms. And that's actually essential. I believe it's essential. It's the essential component to veganism. And I believe if pantheism is ever going to get off yeah. the ground, that's what needs to be stressed yeah. the, the focus yeah. on, on our, yeah. our compassion for other yeah. life forms. Well, and, and, and like, here's a, here's an interesting thing. Like, okay. So the other day, I saw a turtle. It was actually a fairly large turtle that had been run over. It was a dead turtle. It had been run over. Its shell was shattered to pieces. Yeah. And in, in that moment, I see that, and I want to throw up, and I get so I, I get like this. I'm like, these damn cars. These cars should not exist. These humans driving these cars yeah, should not exist. Turtles were here no, first. <laughs> yeah, no, no matter how much pleasure there is in the world, nothing justifies what happened to that turtle. And I just get so frustrated over something like that. 
And I that, love turtles. There's, I, I really have yeah. probably my favorite animal is a turtle. I've had many, many turtles throughout my life. Yeah. And, and there's something about them because they're, they're, they're almost so innocent and, and lovable. Uh, and because they're slow moving and everything and, and you want to protect them. And I've had, I've, actually rescue turtles that have gotten chewed on by dogs and had their shells cracked and rehabilitated them and stuff. And I do, I hate that. I hate seeing uh, a squash turtle on, on the highway. At least yeah. it was dead and it wasn't suffering. Um, yeah. But I know what you mean. I mean, so you're, um, you know, you're, you're acutely aware of, of you know, of, of violence and suffering and it affects you in that way. And But that's what makes you a good person. That's what makes you a good human being because the sympathetic neurons are firing mm -hmm. and you're putting yourself in their shoes and, and, and there's a moral, a, a moral response. That's yeah. important because you know what, Nicole, in big pan, you don't have a lot of talk about morality. You have a lot of talk about philosophy and um, the intellectual aspects and all of these theories and all of this stuff and I don't even frequent the page anymore because me and Perry are just like like button heads all the time I mean, I mean uh, he's threatened to kick me out so many times um, and there's just not that like that heart-centered knowledge like you're talking about where it's coming from a place of, uh, of real spiritual wisdom that that has to do with um, with literally seeing ourselves in the other and and having love and compassion like it makes absolutely no sense um, to, to care for and love a dog or a cat and still, you know, pay for someone to torture and mutilate a chicken, yeah. a cow, a, a sheep, a turkey, a fish. Yeah. So, um, well, I think that's kind of the challenge of our time, and we are standing at the precipice, I believe, uh, you know, because I think a lot of our culture tends to be far more centered on intellect or, or the mental body, and, you know, it's, it's all about... You know, creating all of these different classifications and ana yeah. analyzing and putting things in quaint little boxes. Well, and the yeah. world is, is far, far more complex than that to life than to just viewing the world from an anthropocentric uh, position. And I believe, you know, a lot more people are starting to awaken beyond, you know, the constrained, you know, thought forms that humankind has kind of imposed upon our social condi conditioning. So it's really a matter of kind of creating that bridge, so to speak, you know, where we can kind of help help lead people outside of the box type of thinking, um, sort of that that kind of dualism. Like it's also about, about who's actually on Facebook. Ed, what the dualism you said? Right. So you know, it's always like a black and white sort of thing. It's either this or that, and a lot of people will. Well, always when you're talking about how to how to remedy a situation, there's only only one solution, you know, and everyone's arguing about which solution it is. When you're like, hey, it could be all solutions, you know. I mean, like sure. that's where the Most whole head is for me. Yeah, I like Most that idea of antithesis yeah. and synthesis. Can you know those those can they're they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Although the truth of the philosophy of of pantheism, you know, could resonate with a lot of people. How do you bridge that that ideation into how do you ground that into your into your now uh, with your actions? You know, like how do you, you know, how do you live by that file? I created a post a while back. I created a post where it literally took you step by step on the progression of how pantheism leads to veganism and I'll, I'll i'll find it and i'll repost it because i think it's really important if you're in the pantheist vegan support group then um you should be able to see that but i also wanted to say that um and the issue also is who's online 
who's actually in these chat chat not chat rooms, but uh, in these on these Facebook groups, on these pages in these Facebook groups, um, discussing things. It might be just a lot of people who are not very active in their life, not very social, but they're this is their outlet for the for the intellect. You know, like honestly, I don't have my life was open. Let's just say that I had a I had a lot of, of, of freedom and time to devote to all this. I imagine if I had many responsibilities, if I had a lot of obligations, I would not be um, I would not be able to write as much as I do. I would not be able to uh, engage and interact with people like I do. So think about the people who are in you know in those groups. Uh, they might be like shut-ins. They might be antisocial. They might have social anxiety. They might be people who are just maybe not necessarily ethical, but they're just trying to satisfy some need um, to, um, you know, to sort of uh, to pontificate and articulate their views. Um, so they're not necessarily going to be um, the caring, compassionate, you know, kind-hearted people who are actually trying to make a difference in the world. You know, I'm sure we've all we've all experienced this. You know, like internet trolls, basically. So I think yeah, well, I mean, there's what, what is it like fourteen thousand? How many people I mean, are on Perry's page? Fourteen thousand. Um, engagement tends to always devolve. I've noticed that. I mean, I've been in arms for you know, three decades now, and from my own experience, I could see how even the most intelligent and friendliest of people devolve into these chaotic messes of and under misunderstanding a lot of it has to do with the fact you can't even hear the inflection in a person's voice you don't see any yeah. gesticulations or mannerisms of the body yeah, language totally. that tell yeah. you at the main um, you know just of what you're trying to convey you know can get totally misconstrued but we've just, got you we've know, got emoji cons we've got emoji cons that we can put little <laughs> smiley faces in. Suffice to something like this, which is more visual. You know, yeah. we can share imagery. Um, you know, you can hear a person's inflection in their voice. You get mm -hmm. to know somebody a little bit more on an intimate level. You can kind of more about the person than what you could ever with text alone. There's less. There's less. Video can be more helpful in that way, and certainly people don't respond. To certain types of information, some some are better, you know, helped by because they're auditory learners, you know, a reading yeah. learner, or you know that they, they like to do things with their hands, you know. So there's a lot of different ways to go about uh, engaging with others, you sure. know, in this type of work. Sure. And I want to take the opportunity, Nicole, before I forget or we go any further, like to thank you for all the many times that you've um, you stepped in and, and uh, supported me and backed me up in debates and conversations online. And you literally write novels. I said all this before you came in. You'll write like a whole friggin' novel, and it's all just excellent information. It's like top-notch stuff, and you can just see how, how you know, how erudite you are, you know, and, and that you've just, you've studied assiduously, you've studied and you've learned and, and it's all right there. And if, if you don't write books, I mean, you should, because, um, you're definitely, you've definitely got a gift for writing. And, uh, and, and, you know, I just wanted to thank you because many, many times, um, we've, we've been involved in discussions and stuff like that. And, uh, I can always, I can always, usually if I can get a hold of you, I can always count on you to, to, uh, to back me up on the most salient points. Awesome. So I appreciate the 
positive feedback because you know it's it's certainly a few far between. I sometimes feel like I'm speaking to crickets. <laughs> yeah. Well, you we know. Yeah, well, you know what? I think that we don't very often enough uh, give each other the positive feedback we need. Like, because, you know, we get a lot of negative feedback. If you post something on Facebook or if you you upload a YouTube video, you get nasty comments. You get all the hate, but you don't often hear the people who enjoyed it. They're either too scared to say something publicly or they just haven't gotten around to it. You know, so we need to do that. We need to reinforce it and say, you know, hey, you know, Papa, I appreciated this post you did, you know, keep up the good work, man, you know, stuff like that. I, I, I don't hear it enough, and I'll be the first one to say I need to hear it because it can be really discouraging. Um, but but you and I are, you know, we've, we've um, we figured that one out, Chandler, because, like, we're always, like, blowing smoke up each other's butt, right? But we're, like, I'm always honest with you, and I always tell you how much I, I appreciate you and how much I respect you, and, you know, and you do the same. Yeah. So our, our podcasts have been very uh, encouraging. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. That's why I created the Pantheist Vegan Support Group. It's a support group. That's the idea. You know, it's to support Pantheists who are also vegans and who are helping to try to try, – helping to try to show others, um, you know, this – this indelible connection that's there um, and, and, you know, really put the, the focus and the emphasis on where it should be on, on biological life and, and living organisms. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure how you actually gathered these people all together and perhaps from your experiences engaging on Facebook, but it kind of crossed my mind how interesting it was that although you'd added us all there, none of us had really befriended one another. I, <laughs> I reached out and requested a few of the friends just because yeah. Some of the engagements, it just seemed like, you know, we, we had a lot in common, um, yeah. you know, and one of one of the folks that, you know, has liked a few of my posts, but we're not really, you know, like engaging with one another on a personal level. Um, but it just would seem like that's kind of a no brainer that we should all. Exactly. Just, and, you know, uh, like most of most of them came from Biopan. Um, some came from Big Pan and some came from just. Um, uh, just specifically vegan groups where I spoke to them about pantheism and they said, Oh yeah, that's, that's what I believe anyway. I didn't know there was a name for it. You know how it goes. Like, like everyone is really a pantheist. They just don't know it yet. So it, I, I pulled them together from all these different. So I think I originally had 15 and then, uh, and, and it spread from there. And I was, I was so happy just to find like that, that 10 or 15 that were both, vegan and pantheist and I thought it was like amazing um, and I was hoping actually my focus shifted obviously it shifted away from big pan into biopan and then it shifted away from biopan into the vegan pantheist pantheist vegan support group um, and now I my focus has been on my AV Portland uh, page because that's the the um, animal rights activist here locally where I'm, I'm building a um, a group here that we do street activism every weekend. So I'm, I'm trying to uh, pull pull them together. And there's about it's crazy because there's about 120 of them, and every weekend we struggle we struggle just to get maybe four or five people. But this weekend, I've been plugging it and, and you know uh, posting it everywhere. I've got already got like nine volunteers. So I think we're doing we're doing something right. Because um, in other countries, um, anonymous for voiceless, you have like like 15, 20. 30 people in a, in a group and they'll, and they'll have cubes like the size they'll have cubes that are like um you know 15 people each and it's amazing uh are you, are you familiar with anonymous for the voiceless nicole 
I've been watching a lot of the videos you've been sharing, and I befriended Danny as well. I mean, I think the work's inspiring, but, you know, I, it's not resonant with me as far as my level of activism. I feel more like it's my partner's the same way is, you know, just showing people how easy it is to make make food. I think a lot of people just don't realize how simple it can be. Sure. So I just recently posted a video just like, here's how to make almond milk, you know, in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and people no, are like, oh, have, there's no form of activism. There's no form of activism that's wrong. It, it all it all depends on what your skill set is, what what you're compelled, you know, what direction you're you're compelled to move in, what you're good at, right. what your talents and I abilities are. So, yeah. And talking about the, the the more violent aspects of it, you know, because I find that rather anathema to my being, and most any decent person would have a hard time watching any of that either. But you know, like if I just share photos, here's my raw vegan dessert, here's my raw vegan milk, here's how to make you know these meals, and I just keep yeah. sharing the food, people are gonna go, gosh, that looks great, you know. Yeah. But no, that's that's percent. That's valuable and necessary and needed. I mean, not everybody can look at the shit that I look at or, or tolerate it, but I have a, I have a really high tolerance for that stuff. In Portland, with you guys, like maybe I would have a table and just have like my raw vegan cheesecakes and my raw vegan. Yeah, know, that'd be awesome. Uh, I mean, because I do, because I, I do overlap. Oh, really, that tiramisu tastes just the same, if not better. You know. <laughs> we, do, we do overlap, so I'm involved with DXC as well, Direction Action Everywhere, and we're gonna have like a, a group meditation um, next month. Where we're all gonna like do a, like a mantra and stuff, and it's gonna be very, very spiritual and and you know to, to draw attention to our cause. Um, I'll send you the link to that. I mean, even though you can't go, but just so you see it. But there, there are many avenues, you know, and it all depends on you know, uh, you know where you feel most comfortable. Uh, for me, um, AV is just the most. To me, it's it's just so direct and and efficient because you're literally showing the footage. And and you're not you're not shoving it down people's throats. You're waiting for them to walk up and start watching it, and they have to be watching it for at least a minute or two before we can engage with them. And then we don't even you don't even have to engage. You can just hold the hold the media, the laptop or the tablet, and you, you wear the mask, the Guy Fox mask, and um and you don't have to speak. You don't have to do anything. You're just literally showing them the truth. That's why we hold signs that says truth, showing them the truth, and then the outreachers will come and speak to them. And, and talk to them like have you you know have you ever considered this what do you what do you think about this footage um you know most people say they're against animal cruelty are you against animal cruelty and if so then you know why would you you know why would you pay for this and support it and and so we you know certain people talk to them other people just just hold the um the laptops and it works on both both ends because when you're doing cube you can see right through people. You see right to their souls, man. You see all their bullshit pretenses, and you're wearing the mask, so you're 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 safe. You're like covered, and they don't see you, and it's very impersonal. Um, but but you're you're literally affecting them, and then you can listen to all of their all of their bullshit excuses and justifications and rationalizations, and you can learn learn all those so that you you, you learn how to, to uh, come up with rebuttals and and ways to combat that that kind of misinformation and the ignorance. And then when you listen to other outreachers, you learn, um, you know, how, how to communicate better and, and how to do it effectively. And we, we try to um, promote the Socratic method by asking questions, you know, uh, instead of trying to just directly tell them something, we ask them, 
we ask them questions and we try to kind of gauge where they're at and, and j just to help um, sort of stimulate critical thinking. So I think it's a very effective method and, and it's cool. It's very cool to me because we're wearing all black. We're like an art piece, you know, we're wearing yeah, all black. Yeah, I was going to say that. It kind of makes you think yeah. of like a museum installation, right? It's like yeah. an interactive museum. It is. And it's somewhat it's of like a social a, it's like experiment a, too, because you're, you know, it's kind of like a social experiment in the sense of just seeing it from a yeah. psychological uh, perspective. It's, and it's an art form. It's reaction. an art form, and, and it's I love the aesthetic because I don't. I was an actor for like you know, 10, 15 years in haunted houses, and and I'm used to getting dressed up, and I'm used to wearing masks. So it was like I have no problem whatsoever just standing there with a mask on. I feel very comfortable in masks. Um, but I also obviously I'm a talker, so they usually want me to do outreach because I, I talk so much and, um, and I have no problems with confrontation and I don't, I don't mind at all people, um, you know, de dealing with people, dealing with the general public. I'm actually probably, I, I, I excel at that, even though I don't like dealing with the general public. I, I really don't like talking to people. I'd much rather just be alone in the woods somewhere, just writing or, or hanging out with animals. But, um, that, that, you know, I, but I'm doing what I can because, you know, I've got, I've got these gifts. So I'm trying to use those gifts and, like Chandler does what he does, you know, because he's got the gift of, he, he understands tech stuff and he's, he's great with doing videos and, um, and, and he's, a, and he's an excellent moderator, um, to, he was originally supposed to have Peter on and we were going to have this, you know, this, <laughs> this d debate of the century where it was me and Peter. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to change well, the title. <laughs> too. I mean, if you can just write me in, no, we, I'd need to know the schedule because, uh, yeah. you know, a lot going on this summer. I'm pretty much offline for the for the first half of July and August. I think Peter might be more receptive to a girl, to a woman. Actually, I think he might be more receptive to a woman and someone he doesn't really maybe know so well. Did, have you ever met? I know you met Perry. Not personally, but we've been in connection online for many years, and okay. uh, so he and I are familiar with one another virtually. If he trusts you, then that's a good that's a good thing. If he trusts you, I think it yeah. might even work better because he won't feel as threatened because. You know, Chandler, we've done this before, and I, I'm, I think he kind of feels Chandler might, might hold a bias. There's like a conflict of interest here because Chandler is 100% vegan and he supports veganism. Um, even though you're yeah. vegan, you might represent less of a threat to him, and, and he won't feel like he's being ganged up on. But all I want to do, all I want to do is get his perspective and try to understand it. And I really, I want to give him a platform to speak and explain to me what the fuck skosh means if you're still kill, you know contributing to the abuse and exploitation of animals because skosh stands for sustainable, sustainable compassionate, compassionate organic, organic safe, um, safe and, and healthy and healthy and healthy yep yeah. that's it so i'm like that's veganism the only thing that is sustainable compassionate organic uh you know, healthy safe and, and healthy. safe is veganism. That's the only thing that's that 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 is. So what you're what you created is brilliant. It's beautiful. But how can you be against veganism if this is what you believe? Yeah. But he says well, I, I don't necessarily against it per se. I just don't think that he's reached the level that we have yet. You know, no, and I remember uh, what Nicole, I was like when I still it. had dairy, but yeah. I did animals. Yeah, well, yeah, Nicole, Peter, Nicole, he's against the movement. Actually, against it. He said. Oh, well, he, he has said that he's against the vegan movement. He's, he thinks that he thinks that it's an extremist he, uh, form of, uh, of, of it, that promotes sanctimoniousness and and um, uh, moral superiority and 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 it creates um it creates it's divisive it creates division 
and and you know the too too much distinction where he wants to just sort of have a unity and have people from all walks of life doesn't matter what you eat doesn't matter what you what you believe right. but you can embrace biosophy you can embrace biotheism and 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 still hang on to your traditions and let me, there's another point he's very nostalgic and he has this kind of romanticized um, idea of the past and of human culture which I don't have I'm like fuck culture fuck the past fuck religion if it's causing harm if it's causing harm if it's if it's creating you know devastation on the earth if it's if it's screwing people up psychologically I don't care where it comes from or what it is it's not healthy unless something is life-affirming and, and promotes um, you know, moral, decent behavior and, and love and respect for, for life, then, then it's, I don't care what sacred cow you have, uh, I'll do away with it. To me, it's all about our biology. It's all about what you said is, you know, and, and to me, it's all about pantheism, which is basically that, you know, that, that nature is sacred, nature is divine, so we should treat all, all life with, with reverence. And it, anything that is outside of that, to me, is counterproductive and, and counterintuitive. He... Well, I it's think much that's more, where the dialogue can go rather than talking about what makes a person different, right? You're talking about emphasizing difference and, and creating conflict. What are those uni unifying principles? You know, where, are, where is the place that would be truly unity-based consciousness where everyone is on a biopan side where there would be true consensus, where everyone would really – there is no – it, argument it, that could be it had. comes down to how it comes down to how we how we view life, and I mean, and what life. is reverence? You know, what what is what reverence? Is, you know, is reverence just oh reverence prayer, or is it embodying? I no, I've said it. I've said it many times. It's it, it's just it's love and respect. It's consideration. It's compassion, not worship. I've never promoted worship of anything. I've promoted balance, homeostasis, equilibrium, and and healthy a healthy reverence, reverence for our own bodies, a reverence for the environment, reverence for life. Um, the, right. The, so the I think problem is we don't all view the bridge, right? That can be the bridge with someone like Peter because and, and he, he then that becomes the fulcrum of our conversation. Is okay. Then uh, you know what are the best possible ways that we can do reverence, and this isn't in a sanctimonious. Uh, distortion here. We're talking truly about our path toward the most, you know, true accordance with reverence for life. And how does that manifest itself? It's it's very simple. If it's unnecessary to to slaughter and mutilate animals, then why do it? If it's unnecessary for us, then why do it? It's unnecessary. Yeah. And it, you you're the one that taught me, Nicole, that that our physiology. Uh, it really defines this. Like I, I could honestly say that my trajectory into veganism began when you posted that image comparing the, the, the teeth, the, the dental, and the and the uh, you know the body um, physiology of the digestive system and the, all these different things of a carnivore, omnivore, herbivore, frugivore. Yeah, that, that I, I, it clicked in my mind, and I said, this is the most accurate path to take. Like in biopantheism. Th this makes sense. Like we are biologically frugivores, so why would I do otherwise? Especially when I know what it's yeah. contributing to, and there's no need for it. Yeah. So you want to say something, Chandler? Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there's so so many things I'd like to say. I mean, I really think this is very simple. You know, because 
if we wouldn't want it done to us, why would we do it to someone else? I mean, that's the whole basis of veganism for me. Well, that's not, the golden yeah. rule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the golden rule. It's a very simple concept. It's in all the religions. It's so simple a child could understand. I understood when I was a kid, but I didn't know what was going on back then. But now I just applied that to everything. And of course, that leads to veganism. We don't need I, we don't need we don't need fancy acronyms like Peter's trying to have anyway. <laughs> well, well, Peter, we got you got to understand something. Peter literally has created a meta religion, a philosophy that is based on pantheism that is taking it to the next level. It's like pantheism 2.0, and and he spent years on this, like creating new language, creating new terms. Um, you know, really, really thinking this through, and I have always supported it. I've always supported him 100% in this. It's just we we diverged originally. I was I created um, biopantheism. See if I can remember this. I created biopantheism because it originally was biological pantheism or or biotheistic pantheism. That's what it was. I think I, my original title for the page was biotheistic pantheism because I, I still embrace pantheism coming from reading Paul Harrison's book, learning about pantheism online, learning about the, um, you know, the luminaries on, on Perry's wall. And I thought pantheism was the greatest thing in the world. And I thought it was what it, it was. I, my vision for pantheism was what biopan is now. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't realize was, Everybody has their own interpretation of pantheism. So anyway, um, what I, when I saw what Peter was doing, I said, "This is it. Biological life. That's the that should be the, the the crux. That's the focal point. That's the most important thing. That's all that matters." And I embraced it, and I supported 100% his OB, OPBT. I embraced it 100%. Organismic philosophy and biotheism. I embraced it. But Peter's personality and his micromanaging of me and our our personal when we would meet together and you know, he was just, I, let's just say we butt heads on a lot, in a lot of, a lot of issues when it came to drugs, when it came to, um, you know, <laughs> use of a the, a theogens, um, like all these different things. And, and so we split eventually. I mean, we almost killed each other <laughs> because we, we almost got into fistfights at times because it was so heated and so passionate, but we would literally talk till like, we would talk all night long, talk till four or five in the morning. And our, our passion and intensity is like matched, you know, he's, he's like, I don't know how to explain it. Like we're like like the supervillain and the superhero. That's what we are. I just I don't know who the villain is yet, though. You know, if he's if he's Doctor X, and I, hey, hey, I'm, hey, I'm not Magneto. Maybe I'm Magneto. He's Professor X. Hey, hey, Papa, what? listen, listen. Okay, you, you and Peter are like Goku and Vegeta from Dragon Ball. I don't Z. know that shit. I don't know Pokemon. <laughs> now this is Dragon Ball Z. It's a Japanese anime. Oh. But if, but if but seriously, man, you could probably just read a Wikipedia page on Goku and Vegeta, <laughs> or see a few short clips on YouTube. They are they are like vicious enemies near the beginning of the series, but they end up later becoming allies and and even almost friends, even though they are still weird to each other, because they will they will fight together to save the planet, even though they're rivals and they, they're always mad at each other. <laughs> Peter Peter is the only person I know who might be smarter than me. He might be might be smarter than me. Except he's not smarter than me when it comes to veganism. But he's the only person I know who can still teach me words, who I learn words from and vocabulary. 
like literally we are we are just matched in ter matched in terms of passion and intensity and and um yeah and drive you know and it's like okay so that actually worked against us we couldn't work together because he's so controlling about his his philosophy that all I ever did was promote it. All I ever did was lead people to um, to biotheism, and it was never good enough for him. It was always wrong. It was I was always misrepresenting. So after a while, it was just it got so ugly and it got so messed up. After a while, it was like a dysfunctional relationship. Really, it was like we were lovers. You know that I, the only way I can describe it is, is it, as if we were were <laughs> romantically entangled and, and had the most horrible breakup. So when we split. I said, I'm not going to stop this. I believe in this. I'm going to create my own, my own okay. distilling of pantheism, and hence BioPan came about. Yeah. And I pulled from Big Pan all the most significant people that I felt were the, the most highly educated. Just you know, like 100%. Like um, you know, we're, we're I, I just knew that we were of, of like-minded uh, mentality. And Nicole was one of those people. And, and, and I created my page and I evolved my page and then he was kept trying to get back involved and he kept trying to push his, his stuff onto into my group. And I said, like, just create your own group, dude. I was like, why don't you have a Facebook page? Just make your own page. What, what's, what's so hard about that? Like, like I'm doing my thing now. I'm trying to separate myself from you so I don't misrepresent you. I'm, I'm coming up with my own terminology. You know, I'm, I'm trying to distance myself so that we don't kill each other and I, I still support what you do let me do what I'm gonna do and that's when he created biosophy um anyway yeah. long story short we're still friends but we're still bitter enemies now because of the, the vegan issue yeah well, well, you, yeah well you know um Poffo I now I forgot how I met you originally it's been so long but I remember a long time ago when uh, I think like you, you, you listen to the um, intentional evolution and bio, uh, biotheism, the one I did with George that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you told me about. Uh, I remember you telling me about Peter mm -hmm. back then that you had this friend who had used the same word, the biotheism, as part of his his thing at one time. Yeah. And and yet you were having having some kind of problems. And but now <laughs> I, I, it's been at least a year that I've known you and I and and I and I and we had I've seen you know I've talked to Peter just a few times and now I see what's going on. I see what it's like with you guys. You know, he he say he says things about you that just aren't true that you're like some sanctimonious person who just wants people to act, act like you're great and it, it's that's not it it's like it's not about me it's not about me it's yeah. about the philosophy it's about the animals it's literally about preserving yeah. the earth it's about uniting people and really instituting a biocentric uh meta religion exactly what he calls it his uh, meta religion that will unite humanity under one banner yeah. where, where where you know the yeah. the overarching theme yeah. is 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 that nature is divine is love and love and respect for life um no it's it's not about me I, i'll i'll put my face out there in posts sometimes to, to grab people's attention because people tend to react to that for some reason what more so than like a pretty picture or something when you have your personal identity i don't mind being like the uh the mascot for it but i always point people to the philosophy it's always about the actual the doctrine itself and in, in terms of veganism it has nothing to do with me. I'm just literally trying to share information about how unnecessary it is to, to kill and murder and slaughter animals, and um, and and like and, and how horrific factory farms are, and and what it's doing to the environment, what it's doing to our bodies. 
Um, it's it's all about to me. It's just about sharing information. It's, right. It has so, nothing and, to do with ego. And, what? And, and, oh, Nicole, did you want to say something? Yeah, I think a lot of the time uh, exchanges uh, tend to get uh, the, the the huge distraction, which tends to be where it starts getting personal. And everyone starts making things personal rather than talking about the subject matter at hand. And that's a logical fallacy. You know, they talk about the, the ad hominem t attacks. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, so really it's like a matter of, well, how do you just kind of re bring it back to the discussion, you know, just kind of re guide people off of that distraction. Are we, are we still talking about Peter or we're talking about just in general online? Because, well, I think that can apply to both. I want to say, I want to say that Peter is extremely, sensitive he's an extremely sensitive guy and he literally takes everything personal like his entire his philosophy is so deeply entrenched and intertwined with it that saying anything about about biotheism about biosophy is a direct insult and attack to him he takes all of it personally like i can't engage with him and and have him separate the two I'm, I'm gonna be the first one to say okay, so I incorporated I incorporated veganism between the I, I the ideology and the person. You're saying like he's there's no right. separation there. He okay, is, well and I yet, have a different yeah, viewpoint and perhaps could be potentially a good mediating force between the personality clashes that you two have. I mean that's why I I produced the pantheist spirituality page. I'm I'm more resident on the same level as Peter, as you're saying, with the meta idea of mm -hmm. of unity-based consciousness and and unity and diversity and allowing for all the different you know factions yeah. or thoughts you know thought formings uh, you know like what are the what's the unity ideas so you know I find it kind of hard to find and see because I'm also involved in the Theosophical uh, Society. And you know, one of their main tenets is to to create you know a cohesive brotherhood of man, right? So, you know, under that same sort of premise, you know, what are those unitive factors that that you can evoke in people? I, I understand it, and I, un I understand it completely, and I think there's a place for that. My my take was to create something entirely new and distinct because I don't support um, omniism. I don't support perennial philosophy. Um, I don't support the religious pluralism or the syncretism that, that Peter actually represents and trying to find a, a, a you know it's it's a religious syncretism. I don't I don't believe in that because I think all religions oppose each doors other. Doors for people to get out of their boxes, right? You have to create what? those doors. Doors. It yeah, because people are in their boxes, right? They don't even have windows, right? So. So some people can build windows, but we're trying to get the door so we can open that door for them and they can get out of the box. Yeah, I think there's a need. I think there's a need for like what what J. Pierre was doing for the longest time, and um, I've had incredible debates and, and butt heads with him as well on a lot of different issues. But the, the people I greatly respect the most, Peter and Jay, I'm always at odds with because I'm literally trying to create something new, and and let the people who are have come out of religion come out of the dogmatic, oppressive, um, Abrahamic faiths and, and who are seeking, who are seeking truth, the pantheists, the agnostics, the atheists, maybe the, the secular humanists, the Wiccans, the Druids, the pagans, the neo-pagans who represent, you know, the, the earth-centered, um, the life cycles of nature and, and their, their focus and emphasis is on the natural world. I want to, to, to bring them into it and, and, you know, do away with the literalism, the belief in gods and goddesses, belief in a supernatural 
world, getting away from superstition and supernaturalism and, and, and highlighting the miraculous nature of reality itself, of, of the real world. Um, so I've always said that that's my audience. My audience is not the religious. I don't care about the religious. I've suffered enough in my life because of, of religious indoctrination, because of religious people, because of what, uh, what Christianity represents in the South where I grew up. In I don't necessarily believe it's the religion per se, as it is about ignorance and people who are, are, are engaged in sloth, right? Intellectual sloth, because they haven't been true seekers themselves and they're only believing what they're told. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. yeah. Dogmatism. My issues are with the religious texts themselves. The religious documents themselves. Are, it's inherent in there that that murder and slavery and um, homophobia and and you know misogyny and and racism and sexism and abuse. Yeah, of I'm animals. with you on all of that. Papo, this is this is in this is in the Tanakh. It's in the Bible. Syncretism, because I think syncretism is in the sense finding the only parts that are in there that are worthy of our consideration. Sure. Right? Well, then, like, hold on. Like, I agree, but then, like, then why not just throw away the rest? To find the little gold nugget, right? You know, I mean, it's kind of like a needle in a haystack, really, to find anything. No, no, it's in there. I love the book of Ecclesiastes. I love the Psalms. I love Proverbs. Um, but the point is, like, it's that it's, that it's held up to this idolatrous standard and and the, the the Bibles, the religious texts themselves, and that's the problem is because you get all the shit with with the good stuff, and you're getting all the garbage too. And as long as right. people are lazy, like you said, and they're slothful, they're not going to do the research. They're not going to. I think the gospel is one of the most beautiful metaphorical, um, met metaphorical. What's what's the word? It is a um, a personified. Um, version of this of this ideal that existed at the time the, the, of the Messiah of, of Christ, what he represented, and if it's if it's read and it's understood metaphorically and symbolically, it's beautiful. It, it it reflects the life cycles of nature. It has all these great elements to it. But when it's read literally, like most people do, like fundamentalists and like ninety five percent of Christians do, it's it, it becomes damaging. That's the problem. Uh, Chandler and I are both ex Christians. Mm -hmm. Depending on our background, I'm not sure if you had the same evangelical background that we had. So your approach might be different. Just like Jay's and just like Peter's, you weren't. You might have not been indoctrinated like we were, so you don't have that aversion to it. You don't maybe don't see the damage that it's caused, so you're more accepting and tolerant. But I also believe there is a place for people like you, Nicole, to help people who are more forward thinking and progressive to to sort of um, reinterpret and, and get away from those oppressive uh, religious systems, the traditional conventional religious belief systems, and, and move towards something that's more comparative. More uh, my, my, my mom's agnostic, and uh, I never went to church except for my the different children that I was friends with during grade school. Lucky. So you. I was. <laughs> I didn't hear you. So I had a friend who was Jehovah's Witness. I went to the Jehovah's Witness thing. I had a friend who was Catholic. I went to their their See? Bible. Study. There you go. That's, that's the, the Krishna. I went to the Krishna. Yeah. So I, I was learning comparative study basically yeah. in my in my formative years. And, and I did that. I did that through reading and research and, and through the same experiences you you had. But what did you say your dad was? I didn't catch that. Well, my stepdad, um, strangely enough, his family comes from the full-on Mormon, like Herbert C. Kimball is like the main Mormon. grand of Mormonism, but he wasn't Mormon wow. himself, but his family um, yeah. you know, has that in their background. What would you, what um, would you say his, his stance or his spiritual belief or lack thereof? What, what? They were both agnostic, both my, 
But there my mom go. has been reading the book of the dark side of Christianity. And I grew up, you know, in, in high school, I was a huge Slayer fan, you know. So I even had an English teacher that, like, uh, failed me from the class because she was Christian. And she, <laughs> she like, fully, um, yeah, I, I knew what discrimination was from that experience. Right, right. I just thought I was a Satanist. And she failed me on purpose. You're the devil. You're the devil's whore. Because you're listening <laughs> to metal music. Well, well you know. Exercise yeah. the demons. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, I got I gotta say something at this point. Okay, now so Nicole uh was the lucky one because she just got to window shop her friends and witness, you know, going to church with them. You're the lucky one, I'm Nicole. Pentecostals and Episcopalians and in the name yeah. of Jesus slapping the forehead yeah. and falling down with the purple blankets and yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you got Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah. Pentecostal. yeah see, yeah, but here's the deal. The reason I say you're the lucky one, Nicole, is because you were not indoctrinated with a system that makes you be ignorant because they are literally told that they have to have faith and believe what this this text says or they're going to burn in a fire called hell forever so that's why people are ignorant because they're scared with fear from the time they're a tiny child and stifles and, human creativity right, it stifles right. education in bible study i was there for that one day and the lady was like telling you you know what what you needed to believe and I was like, but why? And I asked, I asked, you know, well, but why? Question. questions are bad. Left. Questions of the yeah. devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it tells you, you know, like there was never like even then when I was and like this is first grade. She wasn't speaking to my intelligence. She was speaking down to me to just be a compliant, obedient to authority type of thing. Wait, and I've yeah. always that had a, is it. I question authority. I am it's, it's ingrained yes. in my being. I am yeah. anti-authoritarian yeah. like through and through. So yeah. you too. good for you, Nicole. Thank yeah. you that you are. The, so you so you do know Nicole. That's what the this religion tends to be about. That you know cuz all I knew was Protestant Christianity and it's very you have to believe what's in the Bible or you're going to be punished or you're not a true Christian. And so you know that that's what it is it's a it's using fear to make people believe something so asking questions is a big no-no you know you can't it can't be about evidence it can't be about philosophy or anything um, it can't be about using your brain it's just about yeah. following and having faith yeah. but they'll well, swear up and down that and no, there's no but it's still you know it's not infallible because a lot of it tends to be spun in a distortion based off of whichever preachers you know world yeah, sure. yeah. So, which, which, distortion yeah. upon distortion upon distortion you right. know that's which, all really exactly well and the very fact that you've got all these different sects of christianity they can't agree on things they disagree on on whether homosexuality is an abomination or not they disagree on abortion they even disagree on vegetarianism and veganism you have some christians well, I mean, who are, if you look in the uk they're bombing each other right and in, in, yeah. in Ireland, you know the catholics versus the protestants right they're yeah, there's always gonna be war and yeah. violence uh, when people yeah. think that, that uh, they have a they have a um, a religious mandate to do it, or that that they're they've been yeah. um, selected right. and, uh, and approved by God uh, to yeah. you know. But to, you know, I will always to, car to carry out His orders. Christianity per se, it's ignorance because the same can be said of of Muhammad and his teachings yeah. with the Quran, yeah. and that's what everyone's freaking out about now. You know, the new boogeyman instead of communism is now islam 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, it's, Taylor, was there more you wanted to say? Because I, I know we. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And see, yeah, I, yeah, I was just leading to a point. The point is, you know, people's brains are shut off by these religions they're indoctrinated, whether that be Christianity or Islam or whatever else that teaches them to believe because somebody told you rather than look at the evidence and, and reason things out and use your brain. And I think in a world without religion, there would be a lot more vegans because they would not oh, they would not be in this mindset where they have to stay ignorant. I think this ignorance is like the worst thing ever. We need to teach and promote science and biology, physics, cosmology, you know, the, the, the arts, the sciences, like, like literally just educate people, man. We need a new, a new enlightenment, a new renaissance. But, um, what was I going to say? Uh, did we, do we want to have a specific focus? Because we're all over, the, we're all across the board here. Yeah, um, well, we're all over the place. And you know, Paul, I need to eventually, once this get, is done, I need to change the title of this because I titled it yeah. Paul and Peter debate, but Peter never showed <laughs> up. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I have no inkling of an idea of what what you can call this because we've got veganism, um, you know, the battle of biopans. <laughs> well, what yeah. I recommend in the future is to create a talking points, you know, like an agenda list, like just like you're having a formal conference or meeting. Well, because Chandler likes, to, likes it to be organic. I would I would prefer that method, but Chandler well, likes it to be organic. If you, you know, if you have talking yeah. point guidelines, then it, it yeah. certainly. Yeah. You know, you, you're more yeah. thorough in covering each subject matter if you're if you have some guideline. There you go. Right. So that's some good advice, Chandler. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, here's the deal. You know, these things tend to be spur the the moment, depending yeah. on my availability or not, which is hard to know because it depends on well, what does my mom need me for that day? Even if it's my day off, and then my work schedule changes. I'm usually not even up at this time because I usually yeah. work on Thursday mornings. <laughs> so. Um, so sometimes it's sporadic, but I'm sure that uh, Poffo sometime could set up a hangout and and have you on just to have it all planned out and scheduled and prepared much more than this was. Yeah, Nicole, um, if I were to have you on Sacred Places on my show, what would what would your angle be? What would be the, what's the most significant? Um, because originally. The, the idea of my show, when I kind of I branched off from, I don't want to say I broke away because me and Chandler are, are still doing shows together, but um, I, his show sort of motivated and inspired me to create my show. Um, so, but the, the original focus, or the intention behind my show was to have pantheists on to describe the experience of pantheism and how they commune with nature and what pantheism means to them as, as a way, again, to um, to popularize pantheism and get it out there in the ether and and help people um, become educated that this is a significant thing that was originally my intention and so I've had maybe four shows four or five shows um, and they've had specific subjects if if I were to have you on what would be your um your the, the most important topic of, of priority that you would uh bring to the table would you just want to describe your experience of what pantheism means to you or is there a specific subject that you'd like to speak about? Well, that's pretty open-ended. I mean, certainly I'm well-versed in many subject matter, and I'm more fluid in that way. I'm not as rigid and fixed. Um, so it's, I guess it's really dependent upon what theme, thematic focus you're wanting to delve within sure. that, that we can explore. But I'm 
I'm certainly open to many different types of things. I mean, I, I don't know how, if you're familiar with how well steeped I am in the esoteric side, um, but I'm definitely I'm more. Really, than, I'm more I, never, I never knew you were in the uh, theosophy. Of the, the, yeah, I'm a mystic I, and metaphysician. So that's and, the first time I heard that actually. It runs rather counter to two pantheist movements with uh, Paul Harrison, for example, because they are sure. so, so focused on scientific pantheism, yeah. where I also find that science is not the be-all, end-all uh, idol worship for me either. Me just, it is also not infallible. I mean, I've seen how sure. it gets distorted by who's investing the money, and yeah. you know, they'll, they'll work the, the data to... Always to subject to, to, to the, the financial truth. financial incentives, yeah. Let me, yeah. Let me just say that, that Paul Harrison... The main motto of theosophy is, there is no religion higher than the truth. And sure. I will always love that quote, because the truth is what we should hold as in highest regard. Let me, let me just make a comment about... Uh, remember that Paul Harrison invented scientific pantheism. It was originally naturalistic pantheism. Uh, scientific pantheism was his own codification or his his form of it which was strictly anti-supernaturalism and just wanted to focus on literally an alternative to religion with an emphasis on environmental ethics which i think is a beautiful thing and he really did a good job of of um of defining and, and refining it and with his book and everything that was my first exposure to pantheons but i always knew i said there's i think there's got to be more to it though there's got to be something else because i'm a huge proponent of uh, that we should investigate paranormal activities like the movie but paranormal uh, events and and really delve into all of the um the unexplained phenomenon that, that take place on this planet and and he's completely against that I also um, really made it a point to 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 create a a, um, a comprehensive and complete ontology ontological model of, of our origins, of our the, the future, of where we're headed, of, of what life is, of what God is. And I was much more specific about it, where he is not really a philosopher. It's very, like, um, for him, literally, scientific pantheism, the world pantheist movement, is really just, uh, let, let's say it's environmentalist environmentalism for atheists. They're, they're yeah, just I atheists. The end yeah. goal absolutely was he wanted to bring atheism into the fold so that they could have a place with him too. And and I and I understand it and I honor that, but I felt very much um, excluded when it shifted from the naturalist pantheist to the scientific pantheist yeah. because of the such the hostile nature. Because ironically, while in no, the no world language, form, is yeah, exactly. he had that transcendental experience, which led to very supernatural and unexplainable types of occurrences in my own life. Um, See, I would like to, I would like to hear about that. We should just talk about that. The truth in some of these ancient texts, as well right. as why I got uh, more involved with the Theosophical Society, because the experience was with an ascended master that helped you, that. So I used to say it like this. I used to say the um the the UPS the Universal Pantheist Society was too open ended, not specific enough. The, the, the WPM, the World Pantheist Movement, was too restricting and too strict, and Biopan is right in the middle. Like, Biopantheism um, represents, you know, a, uh, an activist stance on it so that it, this isn't just some philosophical notion that we don't do anything with, but we actually – we take action, uh, and, and, it, and it includes ethics and morality. And, so I found um, you through Perry's group because Perry was more welcoming than right. – Group. And that and, then, and that's just and a then, gigantic and I because obviously you know you have a similar level of passion that I do. I just don't have as much time to, to write as you had. 
and I could appreciate what you're saying because you know there it's always hard to find people that have that modicum of of intellect and and uh, really thinking about things in these online forums you know it, it tends to be people just write a couple of sentences and they're you know yeah I have, no, I have no problems writing I, I yeah. have to stop myself so I have to I have to kind of hem myself in but um because I'll, I'll spend all day you know on, on stuff like that but uh, perry's group represents this, this gigantic melting pot of all kinds of pantheists not pantheists atheists every every kind of everything and they're all there and there are a lot of extremely intelligent people there and there's a lot of garbage there there's a lot of really you know closed-minded idiots and a lot of really flaky people who have who are out of touch with reality so it's everything like it's it really is all because it, it, it represents it for me it never had it never had enough of a focus and a specific direction that I, that I wanted where I wanted to really see uh, pantheism um you know uh, take take center stage in our world and and I couldn't see that happening because it's just literally like a, a train station where everybody coming coming and going and, and saying whatever they want there's no moderation. He he never he hardly ever moderated unless it was against me unless it was to, to shut me down on something right, I'm but doing. I think you know that's where the problem lies is like people getting adversarial because if he has the money to invest to get three hundred thousand fans I mean you know why should you have to start from square one so it's like it'd be far better if we can work together at finding you know some unitive factors that, I was. that could kind of where you're cross-pollinating with one another, right? Like I shared your thing on my Pantheist Spirituality page, I may end up sharing Peter's, and then I may also then end up sharing um, Perry's, so. I always draw people from his group. I used to use his group as kind of like a fishing, like to pull people out, people who were really, I could tell that they were just, just driven and motivated and, and really interested and they had a lot of questions in their they're yeah, they're like going. the outer sanctum, and you're bringing them into the inner sanctum. <laughs> yeah, because because I don't think that, that that page represents anything. It's just it's too it's too wide open. It's too nebulous. And uh, what was I going to say? There's something else. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. There was, there was something else just uh, about Perry and his his lack of involvement. You know, except when it came to he would have to have like 50 people um, messaging him about something that was going on for him to actually take action and do something. I never felt like he was involved enough. So, and I was, I was running that page. Not all the people know this, but I was the one that was, that was, uh, you know, moderating and literally doing all the administrative work on that page. And he, and he did nothing. And I got, I, it was overwhelming for me. I just couldn't take it. So I, I eventually broke away and I, I pulled what I thought were the strongest members, the most um, erudite and intelligent and, and, you know, significant minds in that, in that group. Um, I was gonna say that. Just um, yeah, I, I'm thankful for Perry. I'm thankful for Perry uh, in terms of what he tried to create. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. I was one of the original pillars of pantheism in Los Angeles. It was me, Perry, Peter, um, Charles, and possibly you. I think you, you met with Perry once. But the 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 original uh, Paradise Project was going to be like led by us. Like we were like the, uh, the, the pillars of pantheism. And we're all start with P too. Peter Perry, Poffo <laughs> pillars of pantheism. <laughs> um, isn't that weird? And, uh, a little and then Charles, but I don't know how Charles really fit in there, but yeah, he, he hey, did all hey, the Hey, hey, Poffo, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, can, I can join you and just call me Pony since we need a P name. <laughs> <laughs> Pony pansies. Uh, the personification of 
<laughs> perfection. <laughs> um, so so my, my point was uh, I was working in really close co cohesion with Perry originally until I realized he wasn't going anywhere with it. That like literally the, the center, the enlightenment center, that was this great big thing. He had the party and there was this I, I, me and me and Peter were really, uh, you know, inspired, and, and we thought that this was going to be the beginning of a real community, and it, it just never went anywhere. And then he spent like you know another two years just working on the website, which I, I really appreciate the website, um, you know, pantheism.com. But again, Perry Perry is privileged, and he doesn't have the he doesn't have the same the same sense of urgency and drive and the push that me and, and Peter have, or me and Peter are much more passionate. <laughs> and we, <laughs> and we, uh, we're constantly, we could compliment one another rather than clash. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what Peter always says. Maybe that's what Peter always says. The feminine influence there, you know, that kind of, what? that feminine Who? influence maybe is, is important in that way of, of trying to, you know, like, Oh, we get. We definitely should have some women involved. Yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're in Northern California, right? Right. Yeah, and you and you don't you don't really get down to Venice that often, and um and then Peter is up in Santa Clarita, and now I'm in Portland. There's another P. <laughs> There's another P word. Yeah, you know, uh, Papo. It, it's it seems that women are kind of rare. Like when it comes to podcasts, another it's another P word. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna keep thinking like it's gonna like be stuck in our heads now. Okay, yeah. so so um, the people that's P <laughs> who do the podcasts, <laughs> like the, in, in my experience, um, they're all a bunch of dudes. They're all a bunch of philosophical cerebral dudes. You know, there's hardly yeah. ever any women. Now there was this one woman. Uh, who was named Felicia on some of our older free will science religion episodes, she joined us, but then she got upset with George about politics or something like that. Oh, it's another P word. George. <laughs> yes. <laughs> politics is another P word. So yeah, she got upset with George about politics because you know, he, how he gets about politics. And yep. so then she refused to ever do shows with us again and, and not for, for us wow. to not contact her. And that was really tragic. And now, and now Monique is pissed off at everyone. Okay. Now that's another P word pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she does. Yeah. So Monique, she is, Monique is sensitive and she, yeah, yeah. you and her had a very close right. bond. So there's always going to be that. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So she, and so she doesn't get along with those guys. So I just do shows with her, just her and I for the most part anymore. Yeah. But, but it's so rare to get these women when you're talking about, you know, science or ph philosophy or religion or your, any important movement like veganism. I found that most of the people are men. Once in a while, we squeeze in a woman here. You know, usually it's somebody popular. I've got, I've got some really, people. I've got some really intelligent, um, passionate women in my in my activist group now. And in some of my, my page groups, except they're just not available. They have other obligations and responsibilities. Yeah. They're not always available. So, I mean, they exist. They're, they're out there. Nicole is one of them. Um, but, you know, it's all about the availability and getting people on the same page. That's true. And I'm usually not either. And I'm, I kind of actually have to go now. i got to make dinner and stuff. But I, I do appreciate you inviting. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Great. I know more in advance of certain schedules. I can make things happen. So. Yeah. Keep the lines of communication open and let's yeah let's let's talk some more and give me give me some ideas of what you'd like to talk about if I have you on sacred places and 
Um, I'll definitely give you more of a heads up. This was a kind of a spontaneous thing because we we're trying to get Peter on and I was looking for a moderator and, and then I just yeah. kind of threw it out there like anybody that wants to talk because it's always, it's always interesting. I, I'm always trying to introduce Chandler to more pantheists because yeah. he hasn't really had much experience with it and he's an atheist and so we've actually devoted like a whole show, two shows actually with two parts to the, what is the significance, what is the difference between pantheism and atheism. Um, so I'm always trying to bring more pantheists into the circle in, in our groups. Okay. Um, well, I'd recommend so, it so, in that support group. Is Chandler in the support group? Yeah. You are, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I was, actually, yeah, I was that's actually inviting everyone to befriend one another, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, rather than just being group members. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with that. It's just that uh, with Biopan, you know, I have my screening process because I want it to be specific. I don't want any dissension or, or – you know, constant debates or, or questioning. It's more about that's that's the congregation of people who really, right. really embrace it and, and are thinking the same. And with with um, the the the, uh, the pantheist vegan support group, that's support for vegans who are also pantheists who find who, who are struggling. You know, right. and to help them. Like I just had a guy just start railing on me when I posted about almonds being better as almond milk, you know? Like if you guys were all my friends, you would have seen yeah. it and you would have just already weighed in without me having to go, hello. Wait, wait. We're friends. No, we're we're friends though. I mean, we're, we're already friends. Yeah, you, you and mean, I are. I'm just saying that everyone in the group that you added there, we're not all friends with one another. That's what okay, I'm talking about. Okay, you know, I'm like, okay, so create a post and say, could everybody add everybody else in this group? Yeah. As friends. Yeah, yeah. that's what you mean. That's a that's right. a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll create I'll create a post about that definitely. Okay, sure. awesome. Well, I've got to bid the adieu. Thanks for the invite. Now, I'll thank you. Yeah, it's been great. Been talking to you. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Be safe. Thanks. You too. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Well, it was nice meeting her. Yeah. Um, I look Absolutely. forward to hearing you and her do some sacred places. And the thing is that it's great about that is you'll be able to do that even if I'm not available. You know, you'll be able to do the hangouts and stuff. And yeah, but you still have to you you have to still have to do the editing for me and, and upload it because my stupid what is it my computer I can't do um I can't do the, the the YouTube event if it's over three hours or something I can't uh I can't edit or I can't upload it I, I don't remember yeah problems but yeah you're my, yeah. You're, my you're my tech guy. Yeah, yeah, I usually handle that because, you know, I already have it set up from previous times where, you know, we, we yeah. record the hangout and then I, I put it in the sandwich, I call it. You know, there's the, the intro and the outro audio right. clip. The intro, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then I just I just smash it in that sandwich there and then <laughs> it works. Chandler, uh, one sec, I go to the bathroom and give me a second. Yeah. I gotta use the restroom too while he's doing that.
Yeah, I had to go that whole time, but the conversation was so good. I didn't want to uh, break away. And now Chandler's gone. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that uh, I had I had to go for a while, but I didn't want to break away because it was it was a good conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, and, and and technically, yeah, we're still being recorded. It's still the broadcast, but people just gotta understand. Yeah, we're we're biological uh, animals. <laughs> we have to use the restroom. You know? <laughs> I keep a bucket underneath my desk here. I'll just, I'll just I'll just relieve myself while we're still talking. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. So so where do you want to go with it now, man? Are you got to go or you, you got some time? Uh, how are you feeling? You want to talk well, okay. about anything, anything personal, anything? I mean, I'll, I'll well, go. I, I guess I got all my angst out, you know, from uh, yeah. frustration with Peter and, we, we you know. Yeah, um, I think we talked that out. So, yeah, I could probably talk for another 15 or 20 minutes, actually. So let's see. Um, yeah, just let you know what's going on. Like, um so yeah, I mean, for a while I was in that slump, you know. I was I was just really depressed. I still don't have much hope for humanity, but in case I'm wrong, I continue to tr try to give people a platform to speak, you know, hopefully make a difference. Don't have hope in humanity. Don't think of it that way. Um, have have hope. Just have hope in the potential that's in humanity. Because when you look at humanity in general, like when you look at society. When you look at the world, there's not much to feel good about. Yeah. There's absolutely more negative than than good. Yeah. There's more bad than good. But look at the look at the inventions and look at the progress that we're making and look at the individuals and look at the, the leaders and the movements and the um the innovations and the and the, the passion and the, the talent and the creativity that, that is coming out of of the of this species, out of the human race. Don't look at the human race as a whole. Look at what exists within it. Like, look at the Einsteins and look at the the Thoreaus and the Emersons and the the Beethovens and you know and Jacques Frescos and you know go down go down the list. My League of Humanity. Um, those people can can give us hope. Think about those people that are on my list. If you've ever he heard me uh, read it, you think about those people. Those people give me hope um, because yeah. that's you know that's showing that that the uh, the capacity that we have for for good, for benevolence yeah. and and, uh, and progress. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, we should we should have hope in nature or whatever, or more to say, rather than sure. hope in humanity, because because humans are not the source of things. We're just products of nature as well. You know, I get right. that. You know, so we're yeah, just, it's interesting. Yeah, it's just that. Yeah, I tend to get discouraged when I see that there's more bad than good in humanity. But if things are going to change one way or another, um, either by some miracle humans will change drastically, or things will continue at the current rate and climate change will kill us all. Uh, you know, one way or another, it's going to change. I just or don't the, know. Which or the ticks. The ticks might save the day. Yeah, they just might. If the ticks bite everybody, make them allergic. They're, they've moved you know, up to Canada now, so hey. Yeah, well, us vegans have no trouble. See, I don't. 
I don't, I wouldn't mind being bit by that tick because it causes no effects for me. <laughs> right, right. I, I don't know all the details, so I, I don't I want to be you know clear here. I'm not wishing disease on people. I don't know what all the effects are, but what we're specifically talking about is the uh, the allergic reactions that that cause an intolerance to red meat, which is would be a wonderful thing for the general populace, so that we can actually clean up the environment, stop yeah. killing and abusing and mutilating animals, uh, and yeah, and obviously, it'll uh, be healthier. So, and speak and speaking of ticks, I remember a little while ago. I think it was either Gaius or Angie or one of those one of those people um, that shared the video about how to remove a tick without killing it. Yeah, and and I watched that and I thought, you know, this is actually very interesting. There was a way with tweezers to gently pull up on the tick in such a way that it did not um, it did not cause harm either to the human or to the tick. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing. I know some people like WSD who doesn't like bugs would just I don't like bugs. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly you're WSD. Better, you're a better man than me because. I don't like them bugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he says, you know. But yeah, but to me, that was an interesting thing, showing that uh, when when people just smash the ticks, that actually causes harm to the human because then they barf all of that stuff into that human. Or, so, or actually, when you pull them out, when you pull them out the wrong way, the head stays buried. You rip the head off. You rip, you rip the yeah. body from the head, and the head will stay buried. So you have to do it a certain way. I think you have to twist it or something. You have to twist. Um, yeah. I I want to. Some, something's kind of compelling me to uh, to take this in a metaphorical direction because I understand what you're saying, and it's a great that's a, that's a great point um, about uh, sort of the symbiotic relationship and not even the most uh, the most vile parasite we can we can have respect for and. and, and yeah. You know, and, to and tolerate. I, I appreciate that sentiment. Um, but are we, are we the parasite of this earth? You know, um, are we? Are we like the mold that's growing out of control? That's gonna have to be, um, you know, put in check by Mother Nature, or um, I, I don't know. Uh, what, yeah. what is the, what is the future uh, for for humanity? I mean. I, I really want to like read that list. I don't have to do it now, but of, of the, uh, yeah. the the League of Humanity, the list of people, because those people will inspire you. Those people are all moving in the right direction. It's all biocentric, and they're they're all yeah. it's all pantheistic. They just don't know it yet. Not one of them yeah. um, hold you know holds the label or the title of pantheist yet. They're all pantheistic, and they all inspire me. Um, so that's that's an important point too. Is that like. Veganism, pantheism, and the fundamental ethical drive behind it is alive and at work in the world. Yeah. You know, it might not have, you know, a, uh, a a specific label above it, but it's at work in all in and through all of these different movements. You know, it exists. Yeah. So that's something to, to take heart in and believe in, and and uh, you know, to to encourage you. If you, if you yeah. consider that, that, that these people and these movements, they already exist. Veganism existed long before I came around. It, was, it started yeah. in the 1970s, and it's going to continue yeah. on long after I'm gone. So that, yeah. that's encouraging, man. Like, yeah. Well, you know, here's the, here's the thing to look at it, Poffo. Nothing is personal, okay? Nothing is – neither veganism nor carnism is personal, 
to us. We, we invented neither of them. None right. of, of course, you know, the fact that you can't attribute anything to anybody. And, and they're all the products way. of the environment. They're all products yeah. of the environment. Right. right. And then we're yeah, getting see, into like the free yeah. will thing. No free yeah, will. Yeah, exactly. But see, that, that POFO is why we should not be taking things personally, even though sometimes we do. Sometimes that happens, you know. And, and I wish that everybody got this because if they understood that, look, you're not the author of, of what your, your belief system is anyway. So we're not attacking you as a person, you know, if you happen to be a carnist or you happen to be so, something else where you're not getting it, you know, because we can't blame them. And it's so important to understand that. But it's sort of like I do view humans, I view humans like a tick or like a mosquito or like a spider. I literally view them that way. You don't blame that spider or that tick or mosquito for being what it is. It couldn't help it. No. But, still see the harm that they do and it's the it's a constant struggle like you know knowing how like because you know me the struggle i have is i have like this respect for life and i don't want to kill anything but at the same time that is not to say that the existence and actions of many uh, many of us is good it is a lot of bad, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and if I and if I could talk to the mosquitoes and the spiders and talk them into going vegan too, I would do so. You know, <laughs> and that's what I feel like I'm doing when I talk to the humans. That's what I feel like. I really view them as one and the same. Right. We. I mean, we are, and and some humans are more evolved, more highly evolved than others. Obviously, some humans yeah. are very primitive and barbaric, and and yeah. very um you know, trapped in, uh, in a reptile, reptile brain mindset and others are, are using, you know, all the parts of their brain and still others, you know, are, uh, are far more advanced, uh, than us. And, um, I, I wish I could yeah. speak like Peter Joseph or Jason Silva. Yeah. You know, I wish, I, wish yeah. I had the, uh, the, and, the, and, and Paul, Paul here, here's the deal, the verbal dexterity that yeah. they, that, yeah. Now, it is true, I would estimate that the vast majority, over 95% of humans, really are nothing more than parasites, and they have no consideration for their actions and how it affects others. But there's just this tiny amount of people, you know, when it comes to, you know, the vegans and other people who, like, really care, are, who are doing good things. There are some good ones, I'm not denying that. I just wish that they were a majority rather than a minority. Because how do we make them? How do we make them a majority? We have to get the media. Like we have to use media and get the information out there. We have to yeah. utilize the technology that we have, yeah. whether it's writing books, uh, videos, documentaries, YouTube videos, um, TV shows, films. That we have to just exposure. Like people just have to be exposed to it. And that's that's yeah. why I support AV so much because. We're literally exposing people to the truth. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if only there was a way to guarantee that everybody ended up like you or I, you know what I mean? If, if, if there was a, if there was only I a just, way to, I just thought of, I just thought on the other side of how sanctimonious that probably sounds to people and, I, uh, and to, to Peter. And if, if only people were just like us because we're, because we're so, highly evolved and advanced and I, I mean I, I can see how people can think that we're egotistical 
and then and then we talk well, in a con in a condescending yeah. way. But yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't be condescending when I'm saying I'm an animal and you're an animal, yeah. and we're doing what we're doing based on our experiences. And 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 anything that I do is really never never going to be a, enough. And anything that you do to me. I can never really blame you for, and so there's there's yeah. there is equality there, you know. There's, yeah. there's there's equality in our inequality because we're just yeah. earthlings, man, and we, well, we yeah, can well, only, only be what we are. Well, and here and here's the deal now, Paul. You understand me, obviously. If other people, I see how they would take it, but here's a good analogy for our listeners. Okay, there was this video shared on Facebook. It was like some rabbits and like an iguana and like all these different types of oh, creatures. Oh, eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capybara and like yeah, yeah. turtles. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There was all of these different animals, and yeah. there was this big pile of produce, and they were just all just around it eating. Yeah, it. it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And and somebody commented on that and said, "Why can't everybody be like this?" Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've seen that. I've seen that video many times. I've shared it many times, and I've heard the same sentiment echoed many, many yeah. times. It's exactly because yeah. it's yeah. what it tells us. Like, look at all these different species, the biodiversity, yeah. and yet they're all and what. What are they doing? They're all feeding on vegetables, on vegetation. Yeah. That's why they're not yeah. fighting because yeah, they're all so herbivores. Exactly. And see, actually, there was a dog in there too. Some dogs came up. The dogs are omnivores, but the dog was coming up stealing some lettuce too. Yeah. Yeah. See, the dogs will eat produce. In fact, it's like my friend Lucas says. Okay, he has a dog and four cats, and he, like his family said, their dog will eat anything. They've given it carrots before that it'll eat literally anything you give it, you know? So it's like, it's very easy to have a vegan dog. If you just feed it your fruits and vegetables, there was a pig that like it, Miley Cyrus's pig wanted to eat a peach. I remember yeah. a video where she was, was talking. Miley was Cyrus is, is, is vegan because she saw the connection. She, cause like she, she has a pet goldfish and she was eating fish at a restaurant. And then she's yeah. like, this is I've heard the story. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the story. She made the connection. Yeah, we can't say yeah. she's the most ethical or, you know, morally sound person, but she's at least she's vegan. She's not contributing to you know harm and, and suffering yeah. when it comes to animals. Um, uh, I wasn't gonna say there's there's something else. Oh, damn it, I'm losing my train of thought. But I uh, I I just wish um, I just wish people could could know and understand. And and I I would I swear by this. If everyone could watch Earthlings, if everyone could watch Cowspiracy, if everyone could watch What the Health, we would have a revolution of vegans overnight. I mean, that's literally what I point people to. Watch this footage and watch these documentaries. And on two or uh, three are on Netflix now. Like, the only one that's not is, is Earthlings. And I have links, like, yeah. ready at hand to send to people. But it's you just can't, you can't change your mentality until you can, until you're actually able yeah. to. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you know, uh, Papa. Let me tell you, when I first saw Earthlings, it was because it was linked to in uh, Magnus Finding's book Why We Should Go Vegan. And this is back in the days before I had a home internet connection. I downloaded that video back when it was free for anyone to watch. I used software to download that, and so I had it on my computer and watched it offline and. That was yeah. That was. That Let was me ask you a question. Did you did you watch the whole thing through in one sitting? Not in one sitting. I couldn't do it, man. Not in yeah. one sitting. But I mean, of course, I was already convinced to go vegan before I saw it. You know, oh. hope, you know. Uh, I mean, I I failed to see why somebody would need to see that before they're convinced. 
but oh, you know, no, it's, I, it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. That's because people don't don't realize that this is what goes yeah. on in circuses and zoos and in fur farms and medical you know medical experimentation yeah. and this is what goes on in factory farming with chickens with yeah. um, with cows with, with what goes on even the, with fishing. Um, it's it's awful, yeah. man. Yeah, um, and see, yeah, that's the thing is you know I was already convinced though before that. And I'm for some I agree, Papa, for a lot of people it is necessary because they have to see it to believe it. But I already re knew just from from understanding all of the death and rape that was involved in the egg and dairy industries, even as you, know you know that Peter Peter bashes me for using those words. When I say murder, he goes, It's not murder if it has, if it's if you're talking about animals. And I'm like, he he, he he um he denigrates this. He says I shouldn't use the words rape. I shouldn't use the words murder. I shouldn't use the words enslavement. These are inflammatory and they're just uh, emotionally charged. And you know, and it's and it's wrong because these things only apply to humans. He says to me these things only apply to humans. You know what this really comes down to? We really got to get to the core of this. How yeah. do you view other animals? If you view other animals as objects and commodities and and things to be manipulated and used for your pleasure, for your, you know, uh, to your own ends, or, or do you view them as individuals? Do you view them as, as living, breathing souls, as other beings on this same journey with us? Like if you don't, if you don't view animals as persons, then you're not going to get any of this. That's the core of it all. And I've asked him point blank, do you, or do you not view animals as persons? We're trying to raise the status of non-human animals to persons, yeah. and yeah. that's not an unrealistic goal. That's exactly how you view your dog or cat or bird or fish or uh, pet reptile or whatever animal you've, you've brought into your own circle of compassion and that you have an intimate relationship with. That's how you view yeah. them. You view them that they have an identity, that they're individuals. But yeah. we don't view the masses that we, that we breed and we produce uh, – you know, for, for meat and for their, for their body parts, for their flesh, we don't view them as individuals. Why? What's the difference? There is no difference. That's the yeah. point. See, and that's the thing, you know, Papo, people used to get mad at me for using the word murder in regards to abortion because, of course, I referred to abortion as murder. And then they're like, but that's, you know, they don't like it because it's a morally charged word. It's, you know, it's an inflammatory word, whatever, you know, that the idea we shouldn't use this word, that word. And I feel we should use these words because we do use them in other in situations involving adult humans. Why is it different with unborn humans or non-humans? I don't see the difference at all. You know, we, we just got it. It gets back to the, the fundamental premise is love and respect for life, life itself, the yeah. divine life principle that exists, that permeates all things, that, that is inherent, intrinsic in this world, yeah. that is in operation everywhere at all times. I want you to embrace pantheism, Chandler, not so you can call yourself a pantheist, but so that you can embrace reality and you can see that there is something that is so much greater than us, so much older than us, so much more intelligent than us that we've yet to figure out sort of on a scientific level what it's doing mm -hmm. because it seems like it has no purpose because it's all a causal chain of events as your atheist friends would say. But um, it's not just a causal chain of events if 
that chain of events leads to complexity and intelligence and consciousness. And if that consciousness can, can look back at its own origins and recognize its own divinity and manipulate and change reality for the better, well, that's, that's much more than random chance. Um, to me, that's divine. So that's, that's pantheism, man. Uh, you don't have to use those words, but if you understand right, yeah. it, that's all that matters. If you yeah. understand it and it motivates you to love and respect and preserve life, and that's all that counts, man. That's all I care about. Yeah. Call yourself whatever the hell you want to call yourself. You know, uh, you know, associate yourself with whatever label, with whatever religion. If your if your motivation yeah. is is love and respect and consideration and compassion, then yeah. you know, then we're all on the same page, man. That's yeah. that's all I want to see. Is, uh, is is I want to see all the differentiated aspects of omnia, love, and accept all the other differentiated differentiated yeah. aspects of itself and embrace itself as one singular symbiotic organism because yeah. that's what the universe is it just it just doesn't know it yet it's just learning that now yeah. through us well yeah. on this planet on this planet through us yeah you know it, it, it is interesting you know I was just thinking you know how like it's it's because of the fact that most people, are not going to end up like us at least not not it doesn't look like my from my perspective like there will ever be a time when the majority of people are like us who are passionate vegan activists like us who care so much but if they're in a theoretical world where everybody was that way then um then it could almost be argued that antinatalism would no longer apply if we could if we, it was a hundred percent guarantee ideal if things were more ideal then right. go ahead and reproduce and have children and let yeah. those and raise up those children with all the integrity and 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 the, the you know the, the capacity to to engage in critical thinking and and um you know, uh, cogitate yeah. and, and ruminate and reason and, and dream and innovate yeah. and create a, a continue to create and explore, uh, you know, this, this universe, then that's, that is the purpose of existence right there, man. Yeah. We yeah. got to get over this hump. We got to get over this, this, this disparity, this stratification, yeah. um, that's existed. I, I don't know. Maybe it's always existed and, and it's just, yeah. we were, we're coming out of the infancy of our species. Um, learning what it really means to be moral and and to have dignity and to to show love and respect and kindness um, yeah. and consideration and I, I guess I'm thankful for my experience as a Christian because I probably wouldn't have the same uh, focus and emphasis on ethics and morality as I do uh, now as a, as a, as a biopan um, because that that kind of was like the, the, the basis for it I mean I still live an ethical moral life um, I hardly ever overindulge and I hardly ever do anything for um, you know for selfish reasons my so much of my existence is is uh, just dominated by uh, giving giving of myself to others too much so you know we, we still have to have that show about how to uh, um, how to recharge and how to to yeah. avoid emotional depletion and and um, you know, reinvigorate ourselves and and revitalize because we, we give so much of ourselves. Um, yeah. What what do we do to uh, you know to effectively just uh, uh, recharge? And I don't know. I want to go see Wonder Woman. I think it looks pretty awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, I love movies. I love comic book movies, and I've been wanting to see that. Why? I need to treat myself and just go see it because Amber doesn't want to see it. She doesn't care about comic book movies, and but I'm like, this is about the empowerment of women. I mean, she's like a superwoman, you know? Like she's the only one that could take on Superman, and um, like the 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 visual effects look awesome, and you know, yeah. Like, yeah I want to see I, it before it comes out of the theater. But that's my point of all this is that's what yeah. I do. That's yeah. the only, only the only things I do is I'll watch movies. You know, I'll, I'll just kind of escape into like the fantasy world yeah. for a little while. Yeah, all this all this violence and yeah. heaviness. And I'll, I'll tell you, man. If I was in your area, I'd go watch go see it with you. One <laughs> woman, uh, one woman. I remember the old show, the old TV show with uh, it was Linda Carter, and uh, I never thought she really looked that good in those spandex. Uh, that, that outfit, but it was just like your cheesy, just like the Hulk and Spider-Man, as well as a cheesy comic book. But every generation, it gets better and better, you know, like, I think she looks awesome, the, the actress that plays her, yeah. and the way yeah. they, they do the, the outfit and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, now, I don't know if you're familiar with this, you'll probably laugh at this, but did you know that there was this this Christian, made by Christians, it was a superhero show called Bible Man? I don't know if you're familiar with that. I, I feel like I, I should know. I worked at a Christian bookstore. Like, when did it come out? Um, I well, it was actually a whole series. I mean, this is VHS. We, had, well, days. we used to sell. We used to sell Veggie Tales. Yeah, then, uh, yeah. Remember, remember Veggie yeah. Tales? <laughs> yeah, Veggie Tales. I, I actually liked Veggie Tales. Uh, <laughs> and there was like a comic book about angels and stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure if I know Bible yeah. Man. But okay. what about? I, okay, Bible Man. Basically. He's a man in spandex who quotes Bible verses and defeats his enemies that way. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, every, it's like, it, it, if you're a fan of common superheroes, this is your worst nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's like if Superman was just quoting Bible verses to people. All right, so like, do they, do they have like, they're like magical spells, like they have power, like they. There's like evil demons, and then and then he like quotes the, like like an exorcist, you know, and like oh, if Christ compels. Well, him. well, not only that, he also has a lightsaber. <laughs> well, lightsaber works. I mean, you'll, you just yeah. everybody's asked that. You yeah, know? light lightsaber battles Star Wars style while quoting Bible verses at demons. It's like <laughs> it's as cheesy as like Captain Planet. I mean, at least Cap Captain Planet had a really good message, but God, it was awful. I mean, you just throw like. He throws some garbage on him, and he like loses his power. <laughs> like, <laughs> remember Captain Planet? I like, never. Oh no, oil! <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I never saw that, but that sounds hilarious, man. Captain Planet actually it was from the nineties. Uh, our first now, podcast. If, I, if I, I, it, I referenced Captain Planet, I said it was from the eighties, but I'm going to correct myself. It's actually from the nineties. It, it, uh, man, if you were here, I would totally show you the My Little Pony Equestria Girls movies. I bought them through iTunes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, man, you would love it. It like th in the in those movies, they are instead of ponies, they're humans, but it's the same characters. Um, but they're like you know, you've got Twilight Sparkle. She's got purple skin and purple hair, but you know, it's like, <laughs> but it's it's awesome, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't ever. I never know how to respond when you, when you start talking about My Little Pony. <laughs> it's like you. You just have to experience it. You. 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 You must experience. Get me drunk and I'll experience it. Get, give me. A, give me a case of Guinness and then we can hang out and I'll watch it. Yeah. You, it, it, yeah. And 
Yeah, in a life, we'll call it sacred horses, the the pony theist experience. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, not to break away from the levity for a minute, but uh, there was an important point. I, I didn't know if, um, if I actually was able to articulate it. I wanted to say that something that's very important that actually I've now realized differentiates me from Peter. Um, my philosophy is not static. It's not set in stone. It's emergent. And I'm actually open to, to, to new and, um, you know, more, um, more accurate information as, as information comes to me. My point is when I, when I was a pantheist, I wasn't a vegan. When I created Biopan, I wasn't a vegan. Um, but I, I, I'd always had, I'd always loved animals and I always had this affinity for nature and the natural world. But as a biopantheist, because of Nicole and many others who influenced me, I became vegan and I integrated that into my into my philosophy. So what I'm trying to say is, originally Biopan did not include veganism, but now it's included in it as the natural progress, the natural progression of pantheistic thought. Um, it's a huge part of it, and it's what actually dominates my life right now as a as an animal rights activist. So I'm just trying to say that like. I, I learned as I went along. I learned, and Peter does not seem open to learning anything new. He literally thinks that he's got it all figured out, and he will never change, and it's forever. And that will be his downfall because you have to be stupid not to not to join forces with a movement as powerful as veganism. That, like, literally, a movement that is entirely based on compassion and and love and respect for animals. Then this is the uh, the quintessential um, sort of physical manifestation of pantheism. So why would you not want to support that, or why would you not incorporate that because you're because you want to because you want to win converts because you don't want to offend people? I don't give a shit who I offend. I've never cared about offending people. I've only cared about telling the truth, finding out what the truth is. And so here it is. I support and promote veganism as part of my philosophy. And he supports and promotes vegetarianism because vegetarianism doesn't ask that much of you. It, does, it you just stop you don't you know stop eating meat. You just cut out meat out of your diet. But it doesn't it doesn't include what we wear and the products we use and and supporting you know uh, other forms of animal exploitation. So you're gonna piss off a lot of people and that you're gonna make a lot more enemies. I think he doesn't want to make enemies. He wants to have as many people as possible embrace his philosophy. And I've never cared. I want as many people as possible to adopt my philosophy, but if they don't, if it doesn't jive with them, I don't want them. Like if they're not, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't submit, I have my list, my ten stipulations, at the, at the, you know, that my screening statement that I sent out to everyone. They have to read that. They have to read that that pin post, that welcoming screening statement. They have to agree to it, read the stipulations, and, and they have to let me know if they have any problems with, at the time. If they have any problems, we work it out. But if they're at that time, if there's anything that, that they're against or they're in opposition to, I say, all right, sorry, see ya, bye. Like, I don't, I don't care. Go somewhere else. There's many other pantheist groups. But I don't care. I'm, I'm very selective, and it's important that I that – I, not that I have the numbers. I've never cared about the quantity. I've always cared about the quality. And that's the yeah. difference between me and him. Like, he yeah. actually, you know, he wants to just – almost like he doesn't want to, you know, rock the boat and, and, and rattle people's cages and – and yet, at the same time, his, his his philosophy is very radical, and it's very um, 
it's very revolutionary, you know. But then personally, it's like he he says it's okay for you if that's what you believe, fine. But I'm not going to impose that on other people. We have to impose something on others. We have to say that pedophilia is wrong in order to to you know discourage people from engaging in it. We have to say that you know. Um, Polluting the environment is wrong. That that yeah. materialism is wrong. We have to we have to stand for something. Yeah, we have to you know yeah. draw a line in the sand. See, and see here's so, the thing, Papa. Why are people so afraid to say something is wrong? Why are they so afraid to do that? Because here's the deal. Like if somebody is to tell tell me that I'm wrong about something, that is a valid opinion. But to say that there is no right or wrong, and let's just not let's just not. He use just this said word. that. He just said that to me in the, in the messages. He just said, "I'm I'm beyond right and wrong. I'm beyond right. good and evil. I don't I don't see right or wrong." And I'm like, "Then you don't live in reality, man. Because I don't yeah. give a shit how monistic your understanding of the yeah. world is, how pantheistic you are that we're all one. If I come over your house and I punch you in the face and I kick you in the balls and I steal all your shit." Well, I'm representing a force of, of violence and and yeah. treachery and uh, you know and selfishness, and you need to oppose me. That's your divine imperative, you know, to protect your own person, your own body, yeah. to, to defend it, yourself. So yeah, we, what are you yeah. talking about? It doesn't. Yeah. Of course, we have to oppose things within this dialectical monistic unity. There is contrast and polarity, and there's going to be good and evil there's going to be right and wrong there's going to be black or white and you know maybe there's nuances and there's subtleties you know but but literally you know to 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 murder to kill yeah. to mutilate to torture to enslave to to sexually violate unnecessarily yeah. apart from self defense that is morally reprehensible that is yeah. that's an injustice that needs to be yeah. Yeah. That needs that needs to be yeah. opposed and stood against, yeah. and that's what veganism represents. Yeah. And see, here's the thing: he would, if that if that was done to him, what you described, or if or if what was done to all these other animals was done to him, he sure. would know. Yeah, he Put would yourself know. in their shoes. Yeah. Put yourself yes. in their shoes. He would know it was wrong, whether or not he ever admitted it. He would know it. And people like us who just admit that there's a right and wrong, that there is a good and bad, we're just the honest people who are not putting on a facade with all this bullshit. So it's about using the sympathetic neurons, placing yourself in their shoes, just literally um, thinking about the victims. We need to think yeah. about the victims. I mean, that's the, that's the, the basis yeah. for all justice, isn't it? We, um, we associate ourselves with the victims and and we sympathize with them so yeah. that's what it comes down to he's literally not sympathizing with the victims he's only thinking about the um anthropocentric um perspective the the the, the human centered um you know how, how it relates to, to human beings well the world is not just populated with human beings man we're actually outnumbered with the insects and i think there's there's more Species of birds. There's more birds on the planet than there's more fish than humans. Yeah. <laughs> we're not sharing. We're not. We are sharing the planet. <laughs> we're not existing alone yeah. in this experience on and, this and, earth. So why yeah, the hell would you only yeah. think about the human perspective? You got to think and, about all. And and he, let's get something straight, Paulo. Even if humans were 
the only species on the planet, which they're not, but even if humans were the only species on the planet of animal, this problem of not sympathizing with the victims and be, and it would still manifest in the refusal to say that racism is wrong. That if, so with, you, with other humans, you mean? Yeah, so with other, it, the interaction it, with yeah. other human beings. If, if, you can't, if you can't see that violence and slavery of blacks is wrong among other humans, if you, you know, you're still stuck. If you can't admit that that's wrong or that sexism is wrong, you so know, let's okay. So let's get to the core distinction. It's distinction that actually creates um, bigotry and and racism and prejudice and discrimination. Um, it's distinction. So I look different than my cat. You know, my cat has fur. He's you see him on the window there. Yeah, your cat has well, fur, and you're, and you're usually all you naked. see is a silhouette. <laughs> Yeah, I have fur too. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, most of most of your fur is on your top of your head and on your face here. <laughs> he he has fur. He's small. He has canines. He's got ears. He's got a tail. He looks different from me. Every form of discrimination of speciesism comes down to different shapes and sizes and colors. Something looks different from you. Therefore, they are less deserving of love and respect and dignity and consideration. That's the problem. That's the core of, yeah. of, of all discrimination, right? Yeah. So what needs to be observed, what needs to be acknowledged is the underlying essential um, unity that exists, the, the universality that exists among all life forms. So we're all carbon-based life. Everything on this planet is carbon-based, Okay. Everything on this planet has has DNA. Has has um, the molecular structure is is like is very 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 similar. Um, we literally all came from the point of singularity, the Big Bang. We literally all came from the Earth. Let's just start with the Earth. We all came from the Earth. We're all Earthlings. We're all products of nature. We are all descendants of early hominids, and before that, the weasel-like creature that crawled out of the, you know, a after the um. After the, the, the asteroid crashed into the Yucatan um, and, and literally like destroyed all you know the dinosaurs died out. So going all the way back to the reptiles, going all the way back to the first single cell organism, we are stewards of this earth. We are sharing the planet. We are the sons and daughters of Gaia. So that's our that's what unites us all. We are life forms um, literally sharing the same space and breath and, and blood and DNA with almost every other life form here. So how different are we? Even though primitive nature is attacking and killing each other and there's competition, there's also cooperation. And now that we are capable of living in societies altruistically and, and cooperating with one another, then we should be doing the same. We, we should no longer be living in competition with one another and, and fighting and, and fighting for resources because we're not primitive animals. We're highly evolved, you know, intelligent uh, beings. So what's well, the problem? Here anyway. <laughs> well, so we have the capacity. The homo, as a species, Homo sapiens, as a, as a race, yeah. the human race, um, we have these these qualities. So what is the problem? Is it our thinking? Is it our reptile brain? Is it is it the fear factor? See that the something looks different from you. Something is something is uglier than you. Something um, doesn't talk the same. Doesn't walk the same. Has different ideas. Um, so it's a threat. Or, or 
you know, in tribalism, like we, we, we embrace our own tribe. We live in small groups and those who look yeah. like us and talk like us and act and think like us, those are the ones that we care about. Those are the ones we protect, our immediate nuclear family if there's someone else. So this is a, a throwback to, um, you know, early early man, like like literally being primitive, you know, coming out of the um, the Ice Age, essentially having to fight and kill for and struggle for survival. So we're struggling with the ancient – brain that's in there you know and, and, yeah, well, and, and competition you know with the other parts of our brain and well you know something i think is i think other people might have ended up like us if only they had if they had had a different past if they had grown up differently had they been raised differently maybe if they hadn't been indoctrinated in their religion or or if the, or if they had had experiences that led them to the same conclusions as us you know sure. but yeah within humans is that potential to be like us to be compassionate and go vegan, you know. I mean, so we have that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure how many other animals have that. Like, I don't. I don't know if the lions will go vegan or not. <laughs> um, depending on their no, no. Depending on their environment. Literally, if you control the environment, then they their their aggressive tendencies will um will will be stifled and and literally because they don't have to. If they don't have to compete for resources, they won't. That, that right. You've seen lions and cheetahs and tigers who will not. They could be feed, they could be drinking water at a um, at a reservoir, um, right next to a zebra if they're not hungry. They're not going to kill. They're not going to if their needs are, are met. If they're full, right? You know. So literally, if you can control, we talked about this once before. I think me and Trick talked about it. If you can control the environment, then you can suppress and stifle um, the more primitive base. Um, more more violent uh, tendencies. Yeah. So you know, get, get, per, again, a resource-based economy. Give everyone everything they need. Okay. Provide yeah. the basic necessities and see what happens. See if it doesn't free up humanity to 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 become more poetic and more artistic mm -hmm. and more creative. And and if it doesn't free up humanity to to love one another and embrace and accept one another, because it's nothing to fight over anymore. The scarcity is a lie. It's a myth. Scarcity is what fuels capitalism, what fuels uh, this, this monetary system. And the earth is not, is not in want. It, it gives us everything we need. It provides everything, man. It's, it's abundant and rich with, with, with every form of blessing. Everything we, we need is, is already here. We've created societies and constructs that limit us. Yeah. You know, we've, we've created the illusion of separation and distinction and, and scarcity and disparity. And that is – what needs to change. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, well, um, we probably do need to get off of here. I'm getting tired. I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't, I don't sleep. I don't get tired. Uh, I mean, I, I know I, I, I sleep when I pass out, I guess when I'm, when I can't, when I'm just, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I just, I clunk out. I, t I take power naps. That's how I sleep. Um, but you know, I could talk forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was good, man. Like, I feel like I got a lot out, and uh, I actually do feel like I, 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 I said I said a lot of important stuff that um, I feel like hopefully will resonate with people. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. We we got to edit it to get that that the beginning part, so it doesn't seem like we're talking shit about Peter the whole time. But yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll I don't know. Yeah, I mean, see, for for now, I mean, I wanna I wanna leave this this whole thing just public for now, anyway, you know. So people, because people are gonna get a lot of benefit out of this. But then later on, we'll have to work at like editing a portion um, to to just you know 
I don't know for just for like the big core of the good talk. Like we, we sure, could have, yeah. Yeah, keep the whole thing. You want to make yeah. it a philosophy, science, religion, or in personal opinion, or what? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see what we do with it. I mean, for now, I mean, we'll just we'll we'll, we'll have it. It'll be on my YouTube, and yeah, I want to keep it public, but we'll we'll need to come up with a new title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is yeah. It's we've been all over the place, all across the board. But yeah, these yeah. are these are, these are the relevant, pertinent, poignant issues um, that that need to be discussed. Yeah. And if you're not talking about this stuff, I don't know, man. I, I don't yeah. think it's really – if it's something else, I don't think it's really worth talking about. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't mm, occupy and entertain ourselves when we need to, you know, with, yeah. with, with trivial and frivolous things because we got yeah. – we need that too, man. We like, can't always – Yeah, like yeah. aliens. <laughs> aliens. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mitch and Trick are having a debate about how, about whether there's alien life on other planets or something. Of course there's alien life. 8.8 .8 billion Earth-like planets in our Milky yeah. Way galaxy alone. Of course there's everywhere. I, yeah, personally, I think, of course, there has got to be a life out there. If it can happen on Earth, it can happen on many other places as well. Because <laughs> the fundamental laws, so, yeah, of, and that, and that, fundamental and that laws of physics are, are in place everywhere. So why not? Except maybe in a black hole. But I think that's what life, where everything came out of, was a giant black hole, was the Big Bang. But um, yeah, man. But that's yeah, it's it's cool to expand, you know, your thinking and and explore these sort of abstract and speculative speculative topics. Definitely. Yeah. All right, brother. Yeah. Um, get some rest. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, this is this is available right now, right? Like. As soon as uh, yeah I'll, yeah I'll, sh people, I'll share it yeah people have been watching us like cool yeah um, sure I'll stop uh, all right all so right, yeah I'll close stop out, the out, say something I'm I'll leave it up to you because I've been talking the whole time you know wrap it up man you're, yeah you're okay totally hey well hey thanks for listening everybody as you see um, this hangout did not happen according to the original idea of the discussion between Poffo and Peter but we ended up talking about some important things of pantheism and veganism and we got to meet Poffo's friend Nicole um, and so we'll have future talks let us know what you liked or what you want to hear more of thanks for listening good night everybody thank you